Kia ora, good morning and welcome to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on the run into Christmas. It's all downhill to here, from here, Izzy. Uh, it's the Monday of the last week before Christmas. <laughs> oh, the downhill slide has already started for me in terms of eating. Oh man, I, I, I feel sick. I feel absolutely sick. It's been a big week, big weekend because... Had uh, the wife's uh, birthday last week, and I felt like since her birthday, I haven't stopped eating. And the scales reflected it this morning. <laughs> I put on, I think I put on a, a kilo and a half on the weekend. Wow. Mm. That's good effort. What, what did you eat to put on a kilo and a half? How much steak is that? Oh, what did I eat? Well, it all started on Thursday night. We went to Zodiac, which is in Christchurch, beautiful Asian fusion restaurant. Had a nice uh, a meal there with the kids, and then Friday we had uh, barbecue for Daisy's birthday. You know, birthday week. Thought I'd do the do the right thing, inviting a couple of her close friends over. So we had a big feed on Friday night, and then Saturday, what do we do? We had a birthday party with uh, Matt Todd's daughter. So we went over there, and you know, birthday parties, chips and dip and a bit of pizza and all that. And then on the way home, they left the wife there. She was having a secret Santa, so they got up to a bit of mischief. They took the kids home, and they wanted to have McDonald's. So when they have McDonald's, Daddy gets a bit of McDonald's with them. And then yesterday, we have an OG Christmas party at home with a couple of really close friends that we've known ever since we moved down here. We had ham. We had sausages, we had duck fat potatoes, Ooh. we had salads, we had garlic bread, we had ch- uh, chocolate fondants for, for dessert. So I, I thought, okay, I'll jump on the scales, a kilo and a half. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I am not eating all week. I'm going to go and try <laughs> and get back on a detox and get some goodness into me. Because when, you, when you've been eating clean for a very long time, you can't handle rich food. It goes straight through you. Um, Sorry if I've, I've ruined your morning, but <laughs> well, it doesn't yeah, sound like that's gone straight through you. It's it's stopped somewhere, obviously. Oh no, it's still going through <laughs> me, but it's stopping somewhere as well. So it's it's starting to to fill the gaps that have uh, uh, that have gone. So look, a big weekend. No more eating for Dagger this week, but an awesome weekend. There was plenty of sport happening, plenty of uh, celebration. It's that time of the year, Rick Dog, festive season. I'm sure you would have been similar, or you haven't started yet. Oh, yeah, no, a bit, bit of that, mate. Caught up with a mate haven't seen for ages who's had a bit of a rough year. Um, caught up with him on Friday, Arvo, and then uh, yep. rolled straight out of that into a mate's 50th drinks. And then <laughs> Saturday, kind of did some stuff with my daughter, took her swimming and stuff, but then had uh, had another friend's birthday up over in Whangaparoa. So I was up there for a bit, and then, uh, yeah, then came back and, and just chilled out with the, with, the, with the family. And then yesterday was a hit-the-couch day. Watch the cricket. Watch the UFC. So that was me, mate. I wasn't. I wasn't particularly helpful around the house, to be fair. <laughs> well, say that. Like I've been very, very helpful around the house, but I felt like I got the desk there oh, really? uh, last night yeah. because we had our Christmas party, and mm-hmm. I've been running around doing a lot of things, and I booked the UFC, and I watched most of it. Well, I didn't watch. I watched a little bit of the prelims. I watched. Uh, I scattered through the the main card. And I watched the last two fights straight. Yeah. Uh, during the last two fights, it was dishes time. And I had to sit there and, and watch them. I got up and I said, look, sorry, I, I booked that. And I got the deaf stare. And I said, 
hold on, hold on, hold on. I've been holding the fort down. I've been grinding away, and then I just thought, okay, I've booked this, 40 bucks, so I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Because I need to talk about it tomorrow. It's work. So I watched it. Uh, it's work, but... Yeah, didn't really understand that. I felt like it uh, it ruined the day. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. It didn't well, ruin, it didn't ruin uh, your day uh, as anywhere near as much as it ruined Bryce Mitchell's day. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That, that was scary, wasn't it? That was... Like, it was convulsing on the ground. Yeah, that was one of the uh, gnarliest one-punch knockouts I've ever seen. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and that card yesterday was fantastic. Like, I think there was only two fights went to the cards. Everything else got stopped uh, at some point. Two main events. Yeah, so it was uh, it was a fantastic day of UFC. But yeah, Josh Emmett, because Bryce Mitchell coming in, that he's a real grappler. He's a guy that if he gets you down, mm. you know, he, yeah, basically if you're on the ground with that guy, you, it's only a matter of when you lose, not if you lose. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Josh Emmett doing his best to make sure that he wasn't going backwards at any point. But yeah, he got Bryce Mitchell to walk onto that hook, and man, that was devastating. If you're a fighter and you're out there, like, how, how do you cel- celebrate something like that? Like, you've just pretty much hurt this guy. Mm. Uh, you, you can't really imagine he'll be fighting anytime soon when he's convulsing on the ground. He's got a young family. Like, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you want to go out there, it's like, get hurt, or hurt him, or, or be hurt yourself. Yeah, well, it's, so it's, it's a. It's an interesting one. Like, you celebrate it. Do you go over the top? Like, he was pretty humble about it. Or was he? I guess it depends on what's (laughs) happened in the lead up, right? Because you see, so, Mm. you know, I remember um, Jorge Masvidal against Ben Askren. And Ben Mm. Askren had just been talking all sorts of rubbish about Masvidal's mum and his Cuban background Mm. and all sorts of stuff leading into that fight. And Jorge Masvidal knocked him out with a flying knee in the first two or three seconds because he knew that Aspen mm. was going to try and take him down straight off the bat. Uh, and because of all the smack that had gone on before, there was no chill from Jorge Masvidal no. at all. No. He got mm. down on on the mat and counted him out like a WWE uh, judge uh, referee would and just got in mm. his face and did all sorts of stuff. So I think it depends. Um, Bryce Mitchell yeah. had said a few things. I think Josh Emmett wanted to celebrate. He stood up and started giving it to him and then saw what he was doing on the floor and went, I should probably just stop doing this now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, I wouldn't have minded if uh, Colby Covington went down and, and started convulsing. No, you never wish that upon anyone. But leading up to that, that was the reason I booked this card. Yeah. Because of what went on in the press conference and how directive he was to his father being murdered and just seeing what it did to Leon Edwards. It shook him. And I was like, man, this guy's an absolute rat. Like, how far? What is too far in terms of pre-game trash talk? For me, that that, that is too personal. That is too far. And, and you lose a lot of credibility uh, from it. We see it a lot out there. Like, is this all part and parcel of sports? Should we accept this, Ricardo, should we accept what people say, how, how well cutthroat they are when it comes in terms of trying to rattle someone? Was that a bit too far or was that part and parcel of the game of UFC because it did what it needed to do, marketing success, it made me book the fight? Yeah, well, it did, well that's the thing. It, it, that is about selling fights, right? But I think there, that was too far. And there's been a few, mm. a few times where it's gone too far when um, – 
Conor McGregor has done it a couple of times mm. where he's gone yeah. too far as well. Uh, talking about, oh, I'm trying to remember who it was now, but he, yeah, he was talking about somebody's faith and um, calling, you know, calling terrorists and all sorts of stuff. And you know that that Khabib. was, yeah, that's right, Khabib. Yeah, so that you know, mm. I think there there is time, but you know, this I've really noticed that this has ramped up since the company that owns the WWE bought UFC. You reckon that's yeah. why why it's going like this? Oh, well, I mean, are, you like, sure? do you, are they getting told to do this? I think there was a little to sell fights. There was a little bit of this. There was a little bit of selling fights before that, but it's mm. ramped up massively since that's happened. So, I, yeah, I mean, there was even a point, and I'm like you, don't like Covington. He's mm. a, a, a horrible person, but. Mm. Even when he said what he said, and then he he had to do the face down with Leon, and he realised, yeah. hang on a minute, I might have like you could see it in his face. He's like, I think he was scared yesterday. I think he was legit mm. scared. I think so too. Yeah, and and <laughs> he he said that I couldn't quite catch it. He said something like, it, "I was playing a character, or it was a character." He said that to Leon in the face off. Mm. When mm. he was, you know, when he was wearing, so I, I, I do reckon that they, they are told to play it up. Well, he comes out like a revolutionary United States soldier from the seventeen hundreds. So you would, I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing the character. And there was a lot of characters in the crowd: Sean Strickland, Duplessis going at it in the crowd, telling um, uh, Gilbert Burns' son to move aside, jumping over and start having a big old scrap. Sean Strickland gets uh, carried out. Well, what has that done? Yeah, marketing one hundred and one. I'm going to book that fight now. Well, exactly because yeah, Strickland. Can, are they Strickland's getting told to do this? I reckon they are. I reckon they are. I don't. Oh, I don't wow. even think that's a conspiracy. I think you can actually track it from when the UFC was bought by the company that owns WWE. You can track it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. But anyway, let's talk about a few other things, mate. We got uh, the cricket yesterday. We got Shane Bond coming on after seven. Uh, be good to get his thoughts and uh, Hot Rod McSwain as well, former uh, New Zealand MMA pro fighter who uh, is a trainer now. He's coming on after eight. We'll talk more of the UFC. But as he took us through the kicker, talk us through the kicker, my friend. <laughs> Why have you come to me for the kicker? Wow. Okay, the kicker. Dagger's donation, Kempe's kicker. Well, we got rivered. I'm sorry to say it, but we nearly won $1,800. So we had a five-leg multi, and we had a $50 bonus bet, and we went with uh, Utah Jazz to beat the Knicks, paying $2.65. That came in, and that was probably our, our, our bogey, oh, I feel, mm-hmm. that, that got up and gave us a genuine chance. We had Complicate meet two Tarapa race seven. Well, Complicate got there by a nod. Watch that race because I had it in my multi as well. And it just got the bob on the line to, to get third, paying two bucks. Moved to strike for OP's 2000th win. Uh, won easily at Tarapa in race one. That paid $1.50. Chica Mojito uh, for a top four. It paid two bucks. Actually came third in uh, race seven. So there you go. And we just needed Can He Rock race eight at Tarapa. And can he rock for a top three? Then came fifth. Oh. And Dionysus won that with Warren Kennedy. And there was a lot of chat about Dionysus throughout the week to win that race. And Warren Kennedy, well, it won. And it paid $2 something. Well, if that had came third or second or first, can he rock for $2.30? Four of yous would have got about 400 bucks each. And I'm sorry, we got riveted again. We got riveted. Uh, the kicker will do it one more time for 2023. Uh, on Thursday. That was a good way to do it, though. 
Good way to do it, wasn't it? Get, yeah, it a, get a couple more in there and and get us a juicy return and nearly had success in the end. Candy Rock cost me a, a wee bit too for my multi on the weekend. So who was that? Was that Cam? Well, no, was that Barry? Who, who, picked, who picked Candy Rock? Murray. R- Robbie? Murray. Oh, Murray. That's your last, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so that was how the kicker went. How about this? Yes, the audio doesn't do it justice, but go and search. It's everywhere. It's on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. It'll be on Facebook, be on YouTube. Uh, Josh Emmett's one-punch knockout of Bryce Mitchell. That was my simply the best for the weekend, is he? Oh, that was a goodie. That was a goodie. I saw him convulsing on the ground, and I thought, oh, this is nasty because like I said yesterday I was in and out of the uh, the prelims and kind of the, the start of the main main card um, so I missed that punch but I've seen it on Twitter and it is devastating so go have a look it was a hell of a UFC 296 yesterday and well Dana White doesn't stop he's announced a couple more going forward so marketing 101 that they're, they're taking daggers money and I'm pretty sure they're going to be taking plenty. Well, mine was yesterday as well. Taking a listen to this. Here is Young, who will get his hundred this time. Goes back, elegantly plays the ball through extra cover. What a knock, Will Young. He's yelling out a jury early. He got through that testing time and has filled his boots. Will Young, 100 of 82. He's sure oh, going he's down the wicket, heading high. It's enormous. Straight up in the air. I don't think it's long enough, though. On a ridiculous catch at Deepman Wicket. Falling over. It's Will Young. Yes, a day out for Will Young. Uh, got put into bat down in Dunedin. Uh, it was a tough old day there for fans and cricketing watchers on the telly and TV and did Duke. Uh, the rain was about scattered. We only got 30 overs. Um, and we got to a result in the end. The Black Caps getting up 239 for 7 off their 30 overs, beating Bangladesh 200 for 9 off their 30 overs. But Will Young had a day out, 105 off 84 balls. There's been a lot of chat about that opening pair, and Will Young did his very best. He come in for the young Finn Allen, and he showed signs that uh, the future is bright. But he didn't just do it with the bat, he also did it with the hands. And when I say hands... Only hand, one-handed catch on the boundary, leaping, coming so close to the boundary rope to take a catch from Adam Milne. Uh, a very, very good day out. He was in there at the start when, while well, things weren't looking so great, when Russian Ravindra, he's out for a second ball duck, followed by Henry Nichols, second ball duck. You're thinking, oh, no, this is going to be a difficult day. Mm. But Tom Latham and Will Young come in and steadied the ship. Tom Latham, 92 of 77, and they did enough to get the job done. So Will Young was my Simply the Best. A great day yesterday for Will. Yeah, there they go. That was a Simply the Best. You're Simply the Best. I want to hear from you. Double eight double three is the Tampa Bedpost text machine. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this summer.
It is 6.26. It is Monday morning, the last Monday before Christmas. Yeah, you have been warned. You're on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. And uh, heaps of texts coming through, Izzy, on double eight, double three. Uh, uh, Joe, Ed, uh, Cam, all <laughs> chipping in this morning. They are. Morena boys, another huge weekend of sports. Salute to Opie Bosson, riding 2000th NZ winner. And Damien Oliver, riding his last three winners in his last three rides after a 35-year career. Leon Edwards, own Kobe, Cody, the prick, Covington. The NZ under-18 sevens at King's College showcase some stars of the future like Jai Tamati. Both New Zealand cricket teams stood up. Breakers back on top. Jake Paul, awesome first round KO. Jerome Lewis signed $6 million deal, million dollar deal with Tigers. Two howlers cost both Phoenix teams wins. And Liverpool still top of the EPL. Well, actually, they're not top of the EPL at the moment. They're not. Arsenal are top. <laughs> Aston Villa are second. And it's nil all half time between Liverpool and Manchester United. Just yeah, they're checking. playing eight dollars fifty. Did you get on Man U? I thought, man, they could come here and upset, upset Liverpool. Good I took money. I took the draw at five fifty. Did you? Yeah, I took the draw at five fifty. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see how we go. Uh, and uh, the Howler only cost the Phoenix women's team. The Phoenix men's team play tonight. So uh, yeah, yeah, just just the one Howler, Joe. Just the one Howler. Just the one howler. Yeah, yeah. I might. I, I'm not going to say too much more. I thought yeah, they played Macarthur tonight, nine pm. Eh? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. But thanks for your text, Joe. Uh, also, Ed. Uh, morning, guys. We must Kempi, even though the Warriors can't make it yet. Still listen to all the hope for them. Twenty seven years now. Merry Christmas to you guys. Best wishes to Izzy and Ricardo and Kempi. All the best for the festive season. Uwa Nasty's Rugby League. <laughs> that's from Ed. <laughs> And uh, Cam has come through just to, I'll correct us a little bit. Now, nah, lads, got my uh, got my legs in for the kicker. I am three from three for the kicker, Cam from Cambridge. So Cam got go. paid. I know, I know, Cammy, you got paid, and uh, I wish I followed you. Kenny Rock ruined me. Well, Kenny Rock rocked my multi. Oh, I rocked everybody's multi. He rocked the kicker as well. Now, it, it is the week of Christmas, is he? So I thought we should start mm-hmm. doing, should start talking some Christmas-themed stuff. And, and one of those yep. is, this time of year, it's great, especially if you've got kids, Christmas movies. So what's, mm. your, what's your recommendation? What's your, it doesn't have to be the best ever or whatever, but what's your recommendation? Something that we should check out, a Christmas movie we should check out. Um, we want to hear from you, double eight, double three, Christmas movie recommendations. I mean, if you're going to recommend mm. any Christmas movie to anybody, Izzy, what would it be? Uh, look, I'm a serial song thrasher, mm. and I'm a serial movie thrasher as well. If I have a favourite, I will watch it all the time, a.k.a. Matilda. Watch Matilda growing up as a young kid. We'll still watch it now. Bruce Bruce Bogtrotter, you know, having to eat the, the big cake uh, in front of Miss Trunchbull, I watch it all day. So for me, there's no surprises, but take a listen to this. When the McAllister family left on their Christmas vacation... Did we miss the flight? No, you just made it. They forgot one small thing. Have yourself... I have a terrible feeling. Did you lock up? Yeah. Do we set the timers on the lights? Mm Mm-hmm. What else could we be forgetting? Our troubles will be ours. Kevin! Ah! Home Alone. Right <laughs> 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 is home alone. Kevin, Macaulay McCulkin, obviously when he got left at home 
And Harry and Marv took it on their own to go and try and burgle the McAllisters. But no, Kevin had uh, another idea, another agenda. And he saved the house from being robbed. He saved Buzz's spider. He stole Buzz's uh, magazines and his gun. And he protected McAllister home for a good old few days while his mum... Well, travelled home in the back of uh, a rented truck and she got home. One <laughs> of the John Candy. It's one of the great movies. Yes, John Candy. The late John Candy. Mm. Yes, it is a great movie. I still watched it. Yes, you can laugh at me. I think I watched it two weeks ago in bed on Disney. And then I watched uh, Home Alone 2 when he got lost in New York. So very good watch. That is my favourite Rick Dog. <laughs> that is your favourite. Well, you Cam agrees with it. He says, we watch Home Alone 1 every year with the kids. It's a tradition, tradition for our family. So that's from so Cam. Good. And Jingle All The Way with the kids. It's a classic. It's Turbo Time. That one from uh, Harley. <laughs> Cheers, Harley. Keep them coming through. Double eight, double three. Time to catch up with Araha with news for Kubota. Kubota's in stock. Oh, well, you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tease it. I'm going to tease it. I'll okay. let you know before seven what mine is. But keep okay. yours coming through. Double eight, double three. Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Kubota's in stock catalogue. Out now. It's 26 away from seven power through till the end of the year with Bunnings Trade. Arsenal and Aston Villa sit first and second in the English Premier League after victories this morning. The Gunners saw off Brighton 2-0 in North London, while Villa had to come from a goal down at Brentford to win 2-1. Manchester City dropped points at home in a 2 all draw with Crystal Palace on Sunday and are now five points off the top, is he? Beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. Mate. Sorry, mate. I got dis- I got distracted. I was, I was looking up the PNC Championship <laughs> with um, the family, the families that are playing golf together. I was just getting an update on the school. Uh, how's There's that so going? much hype around. It's going good. It's going good. But everywhere you look, you see Charlie Woods, Tiger Woods, and uh, the family uh, affair there that's going on. And it's such a good watch, man. There's some absolute flushes out there. The future is bright. Uh, genetics are flowing through to the young ones. Team Langer is leading. They are 60. They shot 60. Uh, they're 16 under. Team Duval, 15 under. Team Singh, 15 under. Team uh, Kucha, 15 under. And Team Goulson, 14 under. So sorry, mate. Got distracted. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right, mate. So Manchester City drew two all with Palace yesterday. They are now five mm. points off the top because uh, Arsenal and Villa both won this morning. What's going on there, Rick Dog? Well, they've got a few injury issues. Like uh, mm. Jeremy Doku, who's their big uh, big signing for the summer, the right winger, he's out with a hamstring. He hasn't played the last three matches. Erling Haaland hasn't played mm. the last couple. He's got a foot injury. Kevin De Bruyne okay. is obviously still out as well. He won't be back till probably February, I don't think. Uh, and they're about to head away to the Club World Cup. So they've got to. Okay. They're going to have. They're going to be out of Premier League action for about ten days and have to play a couple of games in Saudi in that time as well. So yeah, it's all just gone off the boil. So we might see a new winner. Might see a new champion for for the EPL. Yeah, you reckon early days yet? 
Well, yeah, I mean, only what are we? This is the seventeenth round we're in at the moment. Mm. So Manchester United, Liverpool, nil all at half time. They've just kicked off the second half as the last game of that round. Um, but yeah, I mean, they play thirty eight games, so still twenty one, mm. twenty one games to go. It's a long way to go, but still, Man City usually not quite in this position, and they don't drop points like they've dropped points. I think they've won one of their last. I want to say they've won one of their last six. The other, and four have been draws and they've had a loss in there as well. So, yeah, they, they've, they've, uh, they've certainly dropped the ball in terms of points. Okay. Okay, watch the space, eh? Watch the space, watch the space. All right, in other sports news, uh, we've got a lot of NBA news, actually, because uh, it was a big day in the NBA yesterday. How's this? Keegan Murray made 12 three-pointers in a match, including an NBA record 11 straight to score a career-high 47 points as the Kings beat the Utah Jazz 125-104 to yesterday. Wow. It's <laughs> so, crazy. So 11 straight is <laughs> an NBA Murray. record. Yeah. But 12 threes for a game is just too shy of the league record for the most threes in a game. It was set by Clay Thompson in 2018. Wow. Sacramento Kings 15-9 and against the Utah Jazz 9-17. and and I saw you put up something yesterday in, t- in terms of the Detroit Pistons. Mm. Was it the Pistons that, yeah. or someone that shot 114 and still lost to 140 something? Yeah, that's the, the team. They, uh, the, the Detroit Pistons, who are on a massive losing streak of their own at the moment, a record losing mm. streak uh, for themselves. Yeah, they played the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday, and mm. they scored 114 points. Now, if you score 114 points, you're like, that's pretty good. It might not win me a game, but it's going to be tight. That's what you'd think, right? No. Yeah. They lost by 32. So the Milwaukee Bucks scored 146 to 114. Damian Lillard went off 31. Bobby Portis Jr., 31. Uh, Lillard, 33, sorry. Otakokumbo only got 22 points. You're getting 114 and you're still leaking. That's what I mean. Like You look at the NBL... And defense is, is obviously a little bit more physical. Yeah, and there's no D in the NBA. Eh? Doesn't seem forty six points. I mean, the Bucks scored forty three in the first quarter, mm. which is just ridiculous. <laughs> just ridiculous. Actually, Joel Embiid was amongst the points yesterday as well. He uh, grabbed forty two and fifteen rebounds as they beat the Hornets. The Hornets' worst loss in franchise history: one hundred and thirty five to eighty two. The uh, Sixers wow. were up by 29 at half time, and in the end, won by 53. It beat the biggest previous loss, which was 137 87 against the Bucks back in 2000. And the San Antonio Spurs, who had been on a losing streak, snapped their 18 game losing streak with a 129 115 win over the Lakers. So, uh, wow. good one for the Spurs, uh, but they're still 4-18, and 18, so they're not going to be playing <laughs> uh, any postseason foot, uh, basketball, it's fair to say. Uh, and now on to the uh, American football. Detroit Lions and their veteran quarterback, Jared Goff, bounced back from back-to-back defeats yesterday to recall their 10th win of the season, the first time they've reached that mark since 2014. They coughed up nine turnovers over a four-game stretch where they really uh, hit a rocky patch, but Goff 
was firing tracer bullets yesterday with five passing touchdowns to lead the Lions over the Broncos. It was a good win for them. Yesterday also saw the Colts come back uh, from six zip down to beat the Steelers 30-13 to and improve to eight and six, one back from the Jags. And the Bengals needed overtime to get past the Vikings and keep themselves in the mix in a tight AFC North. And how's this, Izzy? My uh, Vegas Raiders have uh, been pretty put most of the season, to be fair. Um, fired the coach, fired the GM. Well, I don't know who, uh, what the bloke uh, who's in temporary charge is doing, but he's doing something right. On Friday, they smoked the charges 63-21. Oh. <laughs> Save some there. touchdowns for next week, boys. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, that is a big high-scoring game, and there's there's plenty of that happening in, in the NFL. I don't know if you saw that moment for the Colts when I think it was a wide receiver. Someone caught it, and he caught the ball. He had to dive for it and do a crazy catch, put his body on the line. Well, didn't he put his body on the line? He put his head on the line, and that uh, defender just launched it off his feet, and the guy was dropping, and he was pretty much horizontal, like close to the ground. The guy yeah. had his, hit him in the head, pretty much snapped his, his neck. Like, it was it was crazy. And there's a lot of concerns about concussion, and, you know, I think there's going to be a bit more coming out about that, that situation because it was a moment where the defender didn't need to do that. He was falling to the ground. He just had to put his hands on him, and the ball was dead. Well, he took that away from him, and he's probably put him in, in a bit of doubt going forward because that rattled him. Yeah, he's he's out for a little while with concussion protocols, mm. as I understand. That player mm. was ejected, um, so yep. I would imagine there'll be a suspension ah, that's coming. crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, you can catch every NFL game this season with Game Pass only on DAZONE. Visit nfldazone.com forward slash NFL. You can power through to the end of the year jobs with Bunnings Trade. Those are your sports news headlines. Keep your texts coming through too. Double eight, double three. Christmas movies, your favourite Christmas movie. We've heard from Izzy. His is mm. Home Alone. Richard has come in and said Die Hard, which obviously is, <laughs> is a beloved Christmas movie. But then we've had another text. Morning, boys. The biggest debate. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? From Hans. Um, I don't know if Hans is his real name, given that the bad guy in Die Hard, eh? his uh, name was Hans Gruber, <laughs> so maybe it's Hans Gruber <laughs> saying he didn't think. Ada has given me the double thumbs up. So. She thinks it is? Okay, well. I mean, it's set at Christmas, and he's flying across to see his family for Christmas. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I get you. I haven't yeah. watched Die Hard for a while, but. A couple of gold, gold saying though Bruce Willis, he's he's um he's not very well at the moment, so we wish him all the best. But um, okay, all right, it could be a debate. Look for me, Christmas movies about feel good, sit down with your kids, watch them, and and everything's okay. Um, I wouldn't be watching Die Hard with my kids, but that's okay. We'll put them to bed and then watch it at night. Mm. Oh, yeah, well, actually, on on that, yeah, I I've watched. I put on a what's movie. What's yours? Because I want to know what's yours. Well, my, <laughs> mine's actually a reasonably recent one, um, and it's mm-hmm. got David Harbour, who's the who's the sheriff in Stranger Things. If you've watched that, he's in it playing Santa Claus, uh, and it's this one, Robbie. It's called Violent Night. You ain't driving, are you? I steer a little, but the reindeer do most of the work. <laughs> this is my full fear of the Santa. How about you? I started the whole damn thing. Oh, oh, oh! It's Christmas! We decided that you could have one gift. Early. What is it? That is a direct hotline of Santa Claus himself. I can talk to Santa. All right, revelers. Welcome to your worst Christmas ever. Let's go! 
have $300 million in your personal vault. That's what I want for Christmas. So there you go. That is uh, a little taste for your violent night. David Harbour is Santa. So he turns up at that house and one of the bad guys sees him and tries to beat him up. And he ends up killing this bad guy, and then Santa goes full diehard on all the bad guys in the house. <laughs> and it's brilliant. It is a great movie. Violent Night. I highly recommend it. <laughs> Christmas isn't about violence, Rick Dog. Oh, Come on. You've Sorry. already ruined it for the young kids out there listening when you said Santa wasn't real. Hey. Come on. <laughs> hey. We, we, we got told not to talk about that anymore. <laughs> He's real. He's real, 100% real, 100%. He's an idea. It's 16 minutes away from 7 o'clock. We've got a love racing update with uh, Santa Izzy next. It's 11 away from 7, nil all between Liverpool and Manchester United, just over an hour gone in that one at Anfield. Keep your text rolling through as well. Double eight, double three, Christmas movie recommendations. Saddle up for the Grand Tour Racing Festival. It's time for a love racing update with Izzy. Exciting cult provides Boston with memorable milestone. Commentator George Simon summed up what many were thinking at the finish of the first race at Tarapa when he uttered a well-known catch cry, there's only one, O.P. Boston. Boston has just guided the raging hot favourite mood to strike, $1.35 to a seemingly effortless debut victory over 1,100 metres. In the process, lodging win number 2,000 in New Zealand in superlative career when he has been readily acknowledged as one of the very best to grace the saddle. The 43-year-old was typically understated when questioned about his achievement, preferring to shower praise upon the Mark Walker and Sam Burgesson trained Colt, who he believes could prove to be a very special horse in the future. That was a pretty cool. Uh, that was pretty cool, really. Boston said, "I knew it was the horse I could get 2,000 wins on today, and do it for David Ellis and the whole Tiako Racing team is just an extra bonus. Any milestone in a career is good, and if it's an elite club to be a part of." I think the horse is a superstar in the making. He just has the right attitude, and you th- would think he has been doing this for years. He could take things in his stride, and there are better things to come. Co-trainer Mark Walker shares a similar opinion of the son of I Am Invincible, who was purchased by Tiako Racing boss David Ellis for 525000 at the Magic Millions yearling sales at Gold Coast earlier this year and has been unbeaten in three trials prior to his first outing on race day. The Colt is such an amazing customer with such a good brain on him. We think he has a big, big future, he said. Walker suggested move to strike, may contest the 225000 Eclipse Stakes Group 2 on January 1. At Pukekohe, while also on his radar, is the 2 million Blue Diamond Stakes Group 1 1,200 metre on February at Caulfield. He also paid tribute to Boston, who commenced his association with Walker and Tiako Racing as an apprentice back in the late 90s. This will give him, Boston, a real thrill and is quite an achievement for someone who has struggled with his weight throughout his career. He's won on Integrate, integrate for us uh, when he was a 16-year-old and he has postage stamp as a saddle and has still be there after all, the years. all these years is real credit to him. It was good for him to do it on such an exciting horse and one he has thought of a lot for some time. Boston, who constantly battled weight issues during a career that commenced in 995 with a win in Gisborne when he was 15-year-old Prentice, becomes the eighth member 
of the 2001 club with other riders who achieved the real feat being Chris Johnson, David Walsh, Lance O'Sullivan, Noel Harris, David Pakey, Bill Skelton and Michael Coleman. He was named an Officer of New Zealand Order of Merit for his con- contribution to thoroughbred industry in June this year. Move to strike. Watch this one, Rick Dog. Yeah, will do, man. Will do. One to keep an eye on over the next couple of months. Loveracing.nz for all your thoroughbred racing news, previews, replays, profiles, and more. Keep your texts rolling through as well. Double eight, double three. Christmas movies. We'll come back with some more of those after this. Couple of minutes away from seven, still nil all Liverpool, Manchester United. About 20 minutes left in that one. Plenty of texts coming through. Double eight, double three. For the Christmas movie recommendations, uh, Barry saying, hi again, guys. I have to go with Izzy Home Alone series. And Jingle Bells uh, with Arnie. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, another mm. one that we hadn't had before, Jingle Bells with Arnie. Uh, I do like this. Jamie has said, it's got to be Elf with Will Ferrell. If you're not familiar, check this out. No human being has ever set foot in Santa's workshop. Uh, that is until Buddy. I hear you're going on a journey to the big city. Can't wait to see my dad. This might be the opportunity to find out who you really are. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. Thanks, Mr. Narwhal. Papa says New York is pretty different. Sorry! Looks like a Christmas tree. Sorry, I can't ride with you the rest of the way up. Well, have a good time. Oh, I forgot to give you a hug. You look like you came from the North Pole. That's exactly where I came from. You have another son. You like sugar, huh? Is there sugar and syrup? Yes. Then yes. We can't leave. There you go, Will Ferrell and Elf as well. The kids will love that one. Have you watched that with the kids, Izzy? (laughs) I haven't watched it with the kids, but I'm starting to get the feel, the the fuzzies, you know, because it's coming up close to Christmas. I think we're only one week today away from, from Christmas, so I'll have to watch that one. Yeah, have to add that to the list. We want to hear your options as well. Double eight, double three, your Christmas movie recommendations. Coming up in the next hour, Shane Bond is going to join us. You got any questions for Bondy? Flick them through. Double eight, double three. Right now, though, here's Araha with news for Kubota. Kubota's in stock catalog out now. It's five past seven. Good morning. Welcome to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. It's Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local Night and Day. Yeah, big game at the first game of the summer, as it were, in Dunedin yesterday for the Black Caps against Bangladesh. And Shane Bond joins us to talk about that. Morning, Bondy. How's uh, Dunners Airport treating you? Yeah, done it the same as yesterday, mate. Overcast and a bit cool. Airport's very quiet, mate. It feels like a rural country town. <laughs> hey, mate, I, I did have to think yesterday, you know, I was watching the Black Caps batsman early on, on and off, on and off with the covers and the rain and things a few times. Uh, who's that harder for, do you think, when you're going on and off for, for rain? Is it the batsman because their concentration's broken or the bowlers because they've got to try and hold on to a pill that gets a bit slippery? Oh, I was, mate, I was always going to be a bowler because that was me. Um, it's a pain in the ass because you come off, you're, you're nice and hot, you sit down, you know, the sheds and Dunedin aren't the warmest places, you get a bit cold and then you've got to come back out, it's cold as well, and get yourself re-going again. So, yeah, it was definitely the bowlers. I think Bangladesh probably got a bit stiff yesterday. They, you know, they'd used all their front-line bowlers and by the time they come out, the game was just that right amount of time for New Zealand to have 10 overs sort of against their fourth and fifth bowlers and they made hay, so... Where you thought the conditions and the toss would suit Bangladesh in the end, it bit them in the bum. 
What did you make of yesterday's performance, uh, uh, Bondi? Only 30 overs uh, from both sides getting a result in the end. Were you happy with this inexperienced side that the Black Cats put out? Yeah, it was bloody good, actually. I mean, that's the one thing I was um, looking forward to seeing. Um, Willow Rourke, a lot of talk mm. about him, and Josh Clarkson's done his time, got the reputation of a big hitter. It was a shame that we didn't get to see more of him uh, with the bat, but he was really good with the ball. So I think... Um, you know, you could see the energy the new players brought into the team. You've got guys who are hungry, wanting to make a claim. You know, there's going to be a bit of a changing in the guard, probably in one-day cricket. But all in all, you couldn't complain, especially the bowling at the back end was, was professional and well-organised. So I think Gareth said will be pretty happy and there'll be a few you know, happy boys who have, have sort of got that first movie one out of the way and it'll be interesting to see how they go over the next couple of games as well. What did you make of uh, Jacob Duffy? Because, I mean, he's a guy that's kind of been there or thereabouts for a long time, but hasn't had too many opportunities. But a bloke that can swing the ball like he does, especially with, you know, Trent Bolt no longer playing that form of the game for, for New Zealand. Yeah, mate, Duff's top man. Like, as I said, I think he's the leading wicket-taker for Otago now. So he's been a quality bowler for a long time. You know, captain of Otago. So he's, the one thing I was impressed about was his pace. You know, his high 130s, he's getting it through, so... New Zealand need that depth in their bowling with sort of Bolty now. I don't know how much he's going to play, especially around the Test game, and Wags getting old, and Matt Henry's been injured, so they're looking for that depth, and Jackie Duffy's the perfect sort of player in New Zealand conditions, swings the ball, you know, good, hard, professional, and good bike, so it's good to see him back and do well. A lot of the eyes were on uh, Russian Vavrindra and then followed by Henry Nickel. Both failed for two ball ducks. Um, can you take much out of that? Will they get another opportunity to have a crack? Yeah, they will, mate. They got a bit stiff. They got probably the two two of the mm. best balls of the day. I think Anna Milne bowled the other two best ones. Um, you know, and they nicked them. That's probably the the one thing for Ratchet. He's got that option coming around the corner. And everyone's talked about how he's going to make millions of dollars. So that everybody wants to put in that performance, especially before a big option that sort of might grab the attention of someone in India, get them to put their paddle up. But look, that's the adjustment, isn't it? Russian will come back from conditions where it's pretty flat in India to it's moving around mm. a little bit. But he's class, so I'm sure he'll score runs through the series. It's interesting you said that, Bondi, about him you know, about to get picked up at IPL auction when he hasn't been included in the T20 squad. Oh, it's, that, that's the amazing stuff, mate. Over there, sometimes there's no rhyme or reason and sat in conversations talking about bowlers who, you know, are good at a format that isn't T20. You're talking about paying them a heap of money and you're sort of an unknown quantity, but you know, he's, the per- he's marketable, isn't he, Ratchin? And I think you can see the qualities and all round a good fielder. Um, obviously, didn't have his best day yesterday, but there's no doubting at 24, he's only getting better and better. So, mate, it's going to be weird for him sitting down. I think it's the night, night of the 19th, so it's well, that tomorrow night. He'll sit down and could get a life-changing moment. And I've sat in the room with Corey Anderson and Trent Bolt and you know, seen them get a million dollars and how excited they were. So I'm hoping it'll be the same for Rich tomorrow. It's going to be interesting to see it all play out. I think Flem's flying over, so he would have been uh, watching yesterday's performance with interest. Uh, someone that would have been, <laughs> well, under a wee bit of spotlight and a bit of pressure. I've been in a situation before when the outside noise is, there's a lot. Henry Nichols. How is Henry Nichols feeling at the moment? There's a lot of chat about him in Test cricket. Yesterday he goes out and fishes for one outside off and gets caught from second slip. He looks like he's he's under pressure. You feel like he's going to get another another chance? Well, I think he is under pressure, mate. He's probably under pressure from the mm. person we talked about beforehand, especially in the Test match game. I mean, there was a big push mm. for Ratchet in the Test matches in Bangladesh. 
Let's still look at Nichols' record. Um, you know, you remember he opened the batting in the World Cup final in 2019, made 50. You know, he's, play, he's played some big games and played well for New Zealand. It's probably more the fact, mate, that we've got so many good batters at the moment. You think, you know, Finn Allen can't make the team. With four of our best bats went out yesterday, and our team's still bloody good. So that's the thing is, you know, it's great that there's so much strong competition. Mm. And, and he'll, know, he'll know he'll have to score runs in the next couple of games with those other guys coming back. Or, you know, he's going he's gonna to get moved aside. Um, you know, which you'd expect in the one-day game, to be fair. It's probably the test matches where he's feeling the most heat because, you know, you've got someone young and, uh, you know, up and coming right right there putting his hand up. And, yeah, but, you know, Henry will be well aware of it, but all, all he can do, is, like he did do, is score runs at domestic cricket. And, you know, he's got him, got him the spot in the team. Will Rourke, uh, Willow Rourke, I should say, you mentioned at the top, he, uh, he he got a little bit of tap early on. I think he was a bit nervous. Uh, how important do you think it was for him to get a wicket with his last ball? Yeah, we, we were sitting with Macker in the commentary box and we were saying that was probably the only thing that would have been missing from the day and bowled this perfect seed at the end of the day, which sort of kept things off in New Zealand. He did look, did look nervous, just pushed the ball a little bit, got a little bit full. You know, he's a big unit, big tall guy, hits the wicket hard, and when he does that, he's going to be good. So, I think now he's got that first one out of the way and the nerves have settled down. I think we'll see the best of him through, through the rest of the series. So it's exciting talent. You know, guy bowls, again, late 130s with bounce, can move the ball. I'm just hoping that New Zealand will play him as much as they can, get as much experience uh, into him with an eye to the future because I think he's definitely got something and um, you know, I think he would be a good one for us. Bondi, just want to tack right here a little bit and talk about bowling quick. Former Australian quick Brett Lee Roo's lack of fast bowlers. Is there a lack of desire for young players to go out there and bowl quick? Is there a reason behind it? Why aren't we seeing players like yourself, uh, you know, your Shoal Bakhtars, your Brett Lees, your Alan Donalds who bowled consistently at 155 every time? When I was a young kid, I just wanted to rip, rip it down there, bowl rockets every single time. Why aren't we seeing that anymore? Yeah, you did. I heard you bowled heat. Is um, it's a good question. Oh, probably we didn't play as much cricket. We didn't play as much cricket. I mean, there's so much cricket on. There's still guys doing it. You know, you got Lockie and Mark Wood from from England. You know, those guys still bowl bowl fast. I think I think batting's definitely been elevated, mate. I mean, those. I mean, you saw in the World Cup. You know, Harris, Ralph, just bowling quick. Wood. They were just getting pumped. Like, so it's one thing to bowl fast, but you've you've got to still be able accurate. You've still got to be able to do something with the ball. Um, and, you know, I think batting in particular, with the size of the boundaries, the bats and the skill level, batting's just gone up to a new level and bowling's sort of playing catch-up a little bit. So, look, it is hard because there is so much cricket going on around the world. You sort of you sort of want to look after yourself because, you know, you don't want to get injured. You've got to you can make some serious yeah. tins uh, in a short period of time. So, yeah, and sometimes, mate, as you know, is though there are rarity guys who bowl real fast. And sometimes they won't be around, and then all of a sudden you'll get a crop that comes through. Um, you know, and I know even for myself and Brett and stuff, we didn't bowl 150 all the time. It's, it's almost impossible. You had the little spells where you do, but you often sit around 140, 145. Uh, and there's still those guys doing it, I think. Sometimes they'll rose tinted glasses when you look back and look at our day, and it was better than this one. I don't, I don't think it is. I think the game always gets better. There's no, and there's no doubt, mate, batting's at a different level now. It was a. Is there a big concern on, on on the body? Like, can you talk to us about what, what your body would go through when you're consistently trying to bowl quick? I always remember being at Lindisfarne College watching their VB series against Australia when you ripped Ponting's toes <laughs> out and it was bowling the heat. Like, what what was what goes through your body? 
Well, I when you mate, when you finish like me and you try and play a game now, well, I did when I finished. You wonder how the hell you actually did it. Everything hurts. I mean, everything, everything sort of hurt back in the day. You toes, like toenails missing and bits and bobs that were sore. Um, but you sort of just get used to it. So oh, you were right. As mine was a mindset. I just wanted to bowl rapid. That's that's what I wanted to do, and that was my job. Uh, and I and I don't think that changes for some players. But you know, the difference probably in the modern game is the the awareness around bowling loads and sometimes you feel like bowlers are restricted too much like there's too much restriction on bowling so you know you've got to harden your body to get used to bowling it's so different that once you get used to it like long distance running you've got to do miles if you want to get used to long distance running you know you've got to get your body used to bowling and once it gets bowling hardened then you can sort of bowl fast and sustain it for a period of time otherwise it's pretty tough so a lot more science goes into it now but sometimes you feel like that they're protecting protecting especially young kids too too much rather than getting some even some long slow miles into their legs to get them to do it did you get that to that point where you thought hang on i could i could look like warnie and you know smoke half a pack of b and h a day and just roll my fingers <laughs> over something and not have to do the hard yards not have to run 10 miles a day do you ever, you ever have those thoughts mate <laughs> <laughs> Not when you're in Sri Lanka, chundering your guts out in 40 degrees heat, mate, because it's that hot. If you weren't in any sort of shape, I reckon I would have died over there. So it was, uh, even in peak, even in peak physical condition, it was bloody hard work. So uh, yeah, if I could have been a, a, an amazing leg spinner with a you know a blonde haircut and a you know a penchant for a beautiful woman, then I would have taken that. But it certainly wasn't me. Yeah, well, you only needed the one though, didn't you, Shane? Just in case the missus is listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> hey mate, we're talking um, uh, this morning. It's slightly to, to veer again uh, off off topic, but uh, we're, we're talking Christmas because it's not too far away, mate. And no doubt you got some time planned with the family. But what's what's the the Bond family's go to Christmas movie? Oh, Love Actually is probably the go to in our house. I mean, there's a few <laughs> scenes that are a little the, the, the wife starts to cringe when there's a couple of scenes that are a bit risque and the kids are watching, but that seems to be the go to. <laughs> I, mean, I had that. I, I, to be honest, it was, it's a movie that I'd heard about but never really watched. And I, I, I was you'd love this, it, Rackdog. I, I, I chucked it on the other day at home with my 11 year old daughter, thinking, "Oh, you know, it's a bit of a comedy, it's a bit of a laugh." And we're sitting there, and about yeah, about 10 minutes in, you're like, "Full frontal nudity." Oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly right. It's just a couple of scenes where the wife sort of says, oh, maybe you guys can make a cup of tea and then you can wander back in. <laughs> oh, it's that time of the year, mate. Got to uh, plenty of songs, Christmas carols playing uh, throughout the household, well, particularly in my uh, my household, Bondi. Uh, they're going to head to Saxton Oval on Wednesday, the Black Caps. Are you expecting any uh, changes to come in? I think Adia Shock's going to come in and have a crack as well. Yep, I'm expecting some sunshine. That's one thing I am expecting. Oh, uh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I am a, uh, I'm, I'm another um, super young talent. Um, I think you'll come and be Shodi. I think he's played a game for New Zealand, but doing really well on the domestic scene, and it's exciting. People have been speaking about him too. So, again, it's always nice to see new players come in and their excitement and really looking forward to seeing him get the chance as well. Uh, Bondi, thanks very much for giving us some time this morning, mate. We'll let you go get that flat white in you before you uh, take off from Dunnes uh, and look forward to hearing you and Macca and uh, comms again. When are we going to see you on the golf course, Bondi? No, I can't play golf, mate. I'm rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't have the patience or the back for it. (laughs) Sound like the perfect playing partner for Izzy. (laughs) (laughs) He'll still have me. 
Uh, good stuff, Bondy. Go well, mate. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Cheers. Have a great Christmas. Uh, Shane Bond there with us uh, talking a bit of cricket. And, uh, yeah, the uh, uh, there are some good fast bowlers coming through, is he? I mean, that Willow yeah. Rourke, what did you make of him yesterday? Oh, I think he's a big talent. Well, he's a big lad. Yeah. He can rip it down there and he can bowl some heat. Uh, look, I just think as a, as a young kid, I used to love going to the cricket. I was at McLean Park when Brett Lee bowled his quickest ball, 161.1. And he bowled against Stephen Fleming. And it was the quickest thing I've ever, I've ever seen. And that was the reason I used to love going to the cricket, is watching these players absolutely bend their backs and bowl some heat. Now we, we don't see it that often. You know, Sean Tate, your Shoal Bakhtars, your Alan Donald, your Mitchell Stark. Mitchell Stark, yes, he's still bowling, but not bowling genuine heat. I think the emphasis is on longevity in the game. When you're bowling that quick and you're bending your back, you're putting so much um, so much power, pressure, stress on your body. There's probably a reason why we're not seeing it uh, anymore. But I'd just love to see us, some players coming out and absolutely tormenting these quick uh, these opening batters. We, we just don't see it. I think um, Brett Lee's got a, a fair point. Is it a reason why are they getting steered away from trying to bowl quick? Is there more emphasis on their body, bulking up, putting mass on, which uh, decreases your speed into the crease and then your ability to bowl quick? Like it's, yeah, I just want to see more of it. I love seeing heat. 150 plus, you love, I love nothing better when seeing the radar gun go come off and it's 155 and you're like, wow, that was rapid, but we don't see it at all. Another thing on uh, Willow Rock lads, I think I think Jacob Duffy touched on it on one of the breaks. The uh, Uni of Otago Oval down there in Dunedin is quite weird with its dimensions. It's got these like weird mm. pockets, like almost in the corners. And Willow Rock's uh, main weapon is obviously his sort of pace and bounce, like uh, added with the nerves that he was obviously feeling. I think he was straying a bit far down the leg side, and it was just mm. quite easy for the Bangladesh batters to kind of like get on the inside of it and sort of pull it over fine leg. Um, which is a lot easier to do on grounds like that, where like I think one of the sixes was hit and it was under sixty meters. And I, that came off the bat. I'm like, he hasn't quite got that. Oh, it's still gone for six. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd say definitely keep an eye out for Willow Rock for the rest of the series. I'm not a hundred percent sure of the uh, dimensions at the uh, Saxon Oval in McLean Park for the next two ODIs, but yeah, definitely keep an eye out for him. Um, is you, I mean, you mentioned that mm. you used to you used to bowl fast. I think you played for CD what under 19s or something like that. Was it? Scoreboards, yep. yeah, yep. yeah. Did you ever have the gun on you? What's the fastest you think you've ever bowled <laughs> back in the day? Are you, are you walking me into this? This is no, Beaver's one hundred and one number one statement. Do you not know Israel Dag used to bowl one hundred and forty four clicks? <laughs> uh, uh, one forty four was was the quickest I got got there, and it was at the the cricket road show. They used to travel around all the ODIs, and they used to have young kids that had an opportunity to go win the competition. I think I was yeah, I won that that competition one four four. I got clicked at. I think I was yeah fifteen. Yeah. 15, 16, and and ripping it down. I remember that day because Jesse Ryder, <laughs> the great Jesse Ryder. Ah, oh, man, he was bowling. Uh, in the nets, and he had a couple, and he was doing like tumbles down the down the wicket <laughs> there at the back, and I was watching him. I was like, oh my god! And then that day, uh, Brett Lee, I got to bowl against Australia, so, and then Brett Lee got to really get close to Brett Lee, and I got to water boy for him against uh, for Australia against the Black Caps. Awesome. So that was a pretty cool, you awesome experience. Yeah, I, I remember uh, Simon Dool told me a story when I worked with him about batting against Brett Lee. 
And mm. uh, he said, Brett Lee in his pomp. And he fired one down and he said, I kind of got a little bit of it. And it was going for two. And I reached yeah. the non-striker's end. And as I turned, I heard Brett Lee say, and I'm, I'm PG rating this comment, so it's slightly edited, take another one and the next one takes your head off. And I'm like, <laughs> waiting, no. Just the one, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good, mate. Oh, that, that is true. Because I, I faced this guy, Tiahu Davis, for Northern Districts. He played for St. Paul's. And he was rapid when I was at school. And I played against him when I was a four former. And we got skittled. And I was batting number eight, nine, ten, whatever. I came out. And I could not see the ball. And I edged it. I went down the end. I could have got two. Nah, wait there. I'm staying down here, mate. This is too scary. <laughs> oh, too good, too good. Double eight, double three. The Tampa Pit Post Text Machine. Want to hear from you. Uh, we have Hot Rod McSwain coming up after eight o'clock. We want to hear in between your Christmas movie recommendations. Listen to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this summer. It's 7.28 on SENZ, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Double eight, double three is how you get hold of us. I can tell you the uh, Manchester United-Liverpool game has finished nil all at Anfield. United ended the game down to 10. Diago Dollock got sent off for a second yellow card in injury time. It means that Liverpool are second now uh, tied on 38 points with Aston Villa. Arsenal top on 39. Man City back get paid? fourth on 34. Oh, you might have done. Might have done. I just, I just <laughs> saying to Robbie, I had a four leg multi on all the games this morning. I only got one wrong, which was I had Arsenal and Brighton to be a draw because Brighton upset Arsenal last season. So I thought, oh, it's a chance. And it was 1 0 until injury time. Then Arsenal scored again. So it ended up being 2 0. But I had $20 on that, was returning 2200 and I just got bugger. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I still got, I still got, uh, had twenty bucks on the draw at five fifty, so I can't can't complain. Uh, so that means, uh, yes, uh, Man City thirty four, Tottenham in fifth thirty three, and then you're back to Newcastle you on twenty nine. You're in the positives this year with Bunted? I, I reckon I am. Yeah, yeah, because I don't go. I, I, the only time hmm. I put big money on is if I've won big money. So I'll build okay. it, build it. So I'll, I give myself like twenty bucks a week. And then if I win, then I just keep punting that until I make a bit, and then I take it out, and then I go back to you know, twenty bucks or whatever. I'm over it. Are you? You done? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Old man, <laughs> old man, rivered, <laughs> as we call Izzy. Old man, rivered. Uh, <laughs> I just can't even pick me nose. But you know, I just needed to follow Cam from Cambridge. Uh, Kenny Rock rocked me so. Bugger. That's what got you done. That's what got you done. But there you go. So that is uh, the Premier League action over for the weekend. Uh, want to keep your text rolling through double eight double three for the uh, Christmas movie recommendations. Got a bunch there. We'll get to shortly. Araha's going to join us as well. Give us hers before eight o'clock. Right now, though, here she is with news for Kubota. Kubota's in stock catalogue out now. It's Tradies Hour. Grab yourself a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. Thanks to Night and Day. Uh, time for some sports news headlines here. Kennard's Hire makes your job easy. Kennards.co.nz. Will Young, one man of the match with his third ODI ton as the Black Caps beat Bangladesh by 44 runs on the Duckworth Lewis system yesterday. In the rain affected match, the Black Caps batsmen were on and off the field early, but eventually had just 30 overs to score their 239 for seven. Bangladesh struggled with the bat from the off. Adam Milne taking a wicket is opening over and the tourists finish the day 200 for nine, the second ODI in Wien, uh, in Nelson on Wednesday, is he? You'd have to say it'll be tough for Finn Allen to, to make it back into the side. You know, when he got his omission last year at the ODI World Cup, 
he's gone and, and trying to force his way back into the side. You'd have to say it'd be pretty difficult at the moment. Will Young just putting a statement performance in yesterday. You've got Devin Conway, he's not there at the moment. You've got Mark Chapman chipping away for the for the Black Cats. Like we're pretty heavily stacked in terms of batters. And, uh, you know, Finn Allen, he blasted onto the scene. He replaced Martin Guptill and mm. he came in and... Well, he showed a lot of signs to, for his career and maybe potentially kicking on, but yeah, just well, maybe a bit, bit difficult for him to get back in there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, you could easily, mm. um, you know, because Will Young is the is the steady hand of the opening pair, so you could easily put Finn mm. and Allen to open with him and then yep. just drop Rach and down one and drop Henry Nichols altogether. Mm, you could. You could. Like, these, it ain't over till it's over. Yeah. I was just thinking... The way with our batting at the moment, it's pretty heavily stacked at the top order. Um, there might be a few little twinks at um, Tinkers there, but yep. you'd say if he has to have a couple of good seasons domestically before he can get another opportunity. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, I, I know you like to get paid in your playing days, Izzy, but I don't know if you've ever got paid like this. How's this? Leinster have tabled a whopping <laughs> 500,000 euros a season to R.G. Snyman for his services. He's currently at Munster, but he's out of contract, um, or coming out of contract. Uh, reports in Ireland sign that uh, say that he's going to sign with a new coach, who's a Jack's knee neighbour, who might he might you might recognise, <laughs> um, and he'll be using his influence to get uh, him uh, over from Munster. Simon's been linked with a move to Bath. Well, several of the South African and uh, United Rugby Championship franchises were also interest, interested, although uh, they've all been blown out of the daughter uh, out of the water. Ten million rand it equates to five hundred thousand euros a season. Yeah, it's big money, isn't it? Well, yeah. in terms of rugby, it's big money. Um, Leinster, I nearly went to Leinster 2016. Had an opportunity, had a contract. I'm not going to say what it was, but yeah, Why I've not? had a contract to go to Leinster. Uh, oh, it, was about, it was more than that. Okay, anyway, oh, uh, you know. <laughs> Superstar outside backs, yes. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> James Lowe uh, actually took that contract, and you have to say it worked out better for them anyway, because he plays for Ireland, so... Um, yeah, well done, cool. RG Simon. Mm. Quite a go to Leinster. Quite a few Kiwis go to end up in Leinster, eh? Yeah, Eastern Athiwa was there. Yeah, um, you know, Hayden Triggs has played there. Like, there's been some some good quality uh, Kiwis that have been over there. I caught it off Eastern Athiwa after we played Ireland. I went and did a um, tour around Leinster facilities. They got an awesome facility there in uh, in Dublin, um, and there's no no surprises that they're actually competitive. Yeah, it was a big week leading into that test. I had a lot of meetings um, secretly. <laughs> <laughs> Picked up, driving to these golf courses, having meetings. Steve Hansen caught, caught a whiff of it, though, because he hounded me post that, that uh, India tour. And I said, oh, well, if you want me to stay, mate, you guarantee every all of my bonuses and I'll stay. And he, he did it. And the next minute I got my knee injury and the rest is history. I was right. hopeless for a couple of years. Whoa. So thanks, Steve. Yeah, cheers, Steve. Well done. Nice. Um, <laughs> Australian off-spinner Nathan Lyon has become the eighth bowler to reach 500 test wickets, holding the ball aloft yep. after trapping Pakistan's Fahim Ashraf LBW to claim uh, the milestone in his side's 360-run win in the series opener in Perth. The 123-match veteran cemented his place amongst the greatest of all time during the third session of joint. Australia's Shane Warne on 708, Glenn McGrath on 563 in the illustrious 500 club. Three Aussies out of the eight. It's pretty good. Pretty good stats. What I love about Australian um, pitches is they're quick, 
They bowl with heat. They've got great bounce, but they also move. So they cater for, for all of yeah. Australian strengths. They've got very good quickies. Uh, They've they got solid it's, – it's a real evenly steady pitch over there. Nathan Lyon can rip it. He's still getting a lot of rip in his bowling. Um Hey, he's going to continue on and probably get more if injury uh, allows him to. He got had a big injury in the Ashes, I think, a couple of years ago, last year. Yeah, that's right. Uh, which ruled him out for for a wee while, and it was pretty devastating. If he stays injury free, you'd have to say it's a long way from chasing the great Shane Warne seven hundred and eight wickets. But uh, he's in the club. He is in the club. I wonder how long he's got to get left. I mean, he's thirty six. I mean, he's, yeah. he's mentioned oh, wanting to go for 700. I'm like, do you play enough test matches to get to 700? I don't think so. Yeah, look, I think that's a bit of a stretch. You'd say you go close to 40. Not not too much stress for your body when you're, when you're bowling spin and bowling 80 overs a test match or whatever it is. Um, you'd say you'd go, I'd say you'd go close to 600, but 700 would be a stretch. All right, okay. Well, yeah, because he's, kind of, he's the bloke that when he came on the scene, I just kind of went, oh, yeah, he's a run-of-the-mill Australian spinner. Didn't, he didn't seem anything special, but then I guess when you're in the team um, mm. and there's a bloke called Shane Warne also sort of kicking around, you're not going to look yeah. special. Nah, nah. Mm. He's pretty special. He can he can float the ball. He's got a lot of drift. He gets a big rip on it. So, um, yeah, no surprise he's there, 500 wickets. Probably get close to 600, but he won't push 700. No, I wouldn't have thought so. There you go. That is your sports news headlines. Can Ken Tire change your life? No. Can they make your job easy? Ken Oath, kenards.co.nz. Also, choices flooring pole. Moment of the weekend. What have you got? Will Young's ton. Will Young's catch. Josh Emmett's one-punch KO. The Breakers beating the Taipans. The White Ferns one-wicket winner. Opie Bossens 2,000th win. Head to the SEN app. Click on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. You can vote on the poll there. We'll have results for you in around an hour's time. You can discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's Room View. Now, Graham has joined us on the phone on 0800 150811. Your highlight of the weekend, Graham. What would you be voting for on that poll? Oh, I'll go Will Young. Yep. Even though I get a bit sick of New Zealand playing against uh, the Bengals issues, but, um, you know, in terms of just we play them a lot, but they're, they're actually a good side, especially at home. And, yeah, well done to him, and he deserves plaudits. Are you going Will Young's catch or Will Young's ton? Because there were two separate options. Oh, I'll go the ton. Go the ton. All right, all right, Graham. And, uh, mate, how's Christmas looking for you in the last week before Christmas? Oh, yeah, well, pretty pretty good. Yeah, no, be pretty social already so just want to wish you two guys have a great a great uh christmas and new year no and um yes especially Izzy because he's a former crusader so i wish him all <laughs> particularly good christmas and preferential new year, treatment so. not used to that oh, no, preferential. Preferential. <laughs> yeah that's right so yeah and hopefully uh, thank- we hey sorry thank you graham Thank you, Graham, mate. Yeah. Appreciate your support throughout the year and, and all our listeners, mate. I No doubt I'll see you at Crusaders Complex. I'm actually going to shoot there after this and go see Rochi in the gym and, and get do some oh, rehab Rochi. on the knee, mate. So uh, now appreciate your support. Yep, he's a good man, Rochi, isn't he? Yeah, top yeah, man. Good. Top man. man. Yeah, okay. Cheers, Graham. Okay. Thanks for your call, mate. Okay. Have a great have a Christmas. Day. Yeah, you Thank too, you. buddy. Same to you guys. Yep. You too. All right, we're going to uh, continue asking you for your text double eight double three as well on Christmas movies. Uh, up next, Araha is going to join us and tell us hers.
It is 14 away from 8 here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. 0800 150 It's also Tradies Hour. Nine days got the right tools to brop a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. Make sure you grab one today. We've been talking Christmas movies. And we want you to tell us your uh, go-to Christmas movie on double eight double three. A lot of votes for Home Alone. A lot of votes for uh, <laughs> a lot of different movies. Uh, we'll get to some more of yours shortly. But Araha's in the studio. Araha, hi. How are you? Kia ora. Kia ora, darling. Oh, I do sound like an auntie now. <laughs> <laughs> Just sounded like my mother. Morena. Morena. Hey, um, Christmas. Hurry <laughs> up, eh? Hurry up. We're on the downward slide. <laughs> What are you? What are you in? T- what are you? What are you in Tiki? Watch. What's your Christmas movie that you guys go to? Do you know what the thing is? You guys are talking about best Christmas movies, right? Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah. And I missed what Izzy's was, but I heard your Home what? Alone. Home oh, Alone. was it Home Alone? Macaulay Corkin. You can't watch it the same after the Michael Jackson thing. But I, your violent Santa thing. Violent one, Night. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna watch that. That's awesome. Well, we don't have any under 15-year-olds in the house yeah, anymore. Yeah. But um, mm. what, what we do and what we love, what a specific Christmas movie because it has to fit the thing, is, um, is The Grinch. In a place Whoa. where the Christmas spirit is everywhere. Have the best Christmas ever! Well, almost everywhere. Counting down the Christmas clock, all young people. Bless this Christmas music! It's joyful and triumphant. Jim Carrey. The 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 Grinch. I must stop this Christmas from coming. Ah, uh, you go the Grinch. I I haven't actually seen that one. Well, okay. I've seen so, the animated one that they did about two, three years ago, but I haven't seen that one. I feel like Jim Carrey was born. To be Ace Ventura and the Grinch, mm. like he spent hours getting the prosthetics done, yeah. hours and hours, and he even had like some FBI resilience coach come in to help him endure the makeup. Like this guy who teaches people how to handle torture. <laughs> <laughs> this is the honest truth. Um, in an interview, he talked about it and said, you know, he had to go through like stuff to handle sitting in the chair that long and the only thing that got him through was the Bee Gees. But also there's this rage taking over Americans pre-Christmas where they hire someone to dress up as the Grinch with the kids all in the lounge in their pyjamas before Christmas and the Grinch runs in with this big bag and starts stealing all the presents and you watch the kids and they're terrified, man. I'm like, who does that? That's some honest Christmas trauma. The Grinch comes and tries to put the kids in the bag and the presents, and I'm like, that's oh, not okay, oh, is it? Oh, that's outstanding. Um, Great to watch, <laughs> but to watch. I, it's, it's, Have you seen the Krampus? The what? It's, it's, it's a German. It's, I think it's German. They have this thing called the Krampus. It's part of their uh, Christmas tradition. So you have Santa Claus, right, who gives presents to the good kids. But the Krampus is this kind of Poor deer. Aria. Is this kind of deer antlered kind of deep wood demon that comes this and steals like- kids. Someone, this is Santa on mushrooms. Oh, Ricardo honestly. goes against everything <laughs> Christmas. Your poor daughter. What kind of Christmas experience did you have? You drink craft beers, horrible, and you go and watch all violent, all violent uh, Christmas movies. What kind of Christmas music are you playing on Christmas Day? Metallica? Probably, yeah. We don't really play Christmas music because I, I worked in a, I worked in retail from when I was about 15 to when I was about 23, and I... 
and like you work in a mall and they pipe it in from the beginning of November right through to Christmas Day and I hate Christmas carols. I cannot do, <laughs> do them. Do you? Then yeah. I think tomorrow you should do what is what are people's favourite Christmas songs. That's a good, <laughs> well, yeah, well, it probably makes sense. It's, it's the, if we're going to do it any time do of the year, tomorrow? we'll do it tomorrow. Brilliant. That will get Aloha, I feel like you would be the best Christmas mother leading up to Christmas. Your experience, like Christmas Day for me, I've, I've been pretty average and I'm keen to make it a different experience this year, the night before and Christmas Day. And what I mean by experience is something to create a bit of imagination, a bit of awareness that Santa has been here. Yeah, well, what were some of the things that you did for Tiki growing uh, up? You know, did you get into it? I just had Tiki at home last night. He he came and stayed with Mum for the night. Tiki's like twenty six, and he's yep. like kung fu panda size now. But when he was wee, we do you know? I feel so mean. I hope if there are any kids listening, Santa is so real. And that's what Tiki thought up to the age of fifteen because we did such good stuff with like you know the yeah. carrots and we even had reindeer droppings up through the yeah, house okay. and, and we had you know a little elf who was drunk on the milk who'd carked out <laughs> into the sink and um, we even we even had um, like you know leftover footprints going up the side of the house and like you know saying the reindeer had slid down the house and had a wee accident and bits of Santa's sleigh. That's what I want to do. And that's what we would do, but we would always do it. Okay, so I don't drink now, but we would always do it. Like all the adults were up late getting the presents mm. under the tree and we'd had a couple of eggnogs or whatever was just left over. And um, so we'd, the ideas got madder and madder as the night goes on and you get up in the morning and the kids are in are crying because they think Santa's stuck in the freezer or something. <laughs> You've forgotten what you've done or oh, what the note yeah. said, but that's what we did. And he really, really still – I remember when he said to me, um, I can't believe you did this. Because <laughs> Santa's real, kids. Um, and what I was doing was making a pretend Santa come to visit. Mm. Yeah, right. Well, you know, the real Santa's busy. Still if you want some do. ideas, what? Izzy, there, there are Christmas yeah. elf ideas on YouTube. There are people who have okay. been getting these Christmas elves and they come to life at night and end up yep. in strange positions. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm going to do that because oh, I'm going to give Santa a call, post this, and I want to see what time Santa's arriving in Gizzy, get an update, and, and try and uh, try and have a wee catch up, and just create the experience a special one for these for these kids because that's would, what it's all about. I would I would gift you all of my Christmas puddings if you dressed up as the Grinch on Christmas Eve and raided the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that's Let's what I want to do. I want to dress up and I want to put some some icing on the feet and go like running through the house and just kind of <laughs> get the kids to have a glimpse out of the, out of the corner of the eye and say, oh, "I what? think I've seen him," and then run off. That's so mean. Is he said that he put on a kilo and a half over the weekend? So you know he's probably not too far off being Santa. Actually, Stop you can just dress that. up as Santa. Stop that! <laughs> oh, don't make me take my shirt off, Rick. Dog. Come on. <laughs> It's all muscle. <laughs> all mus- muscles. Uh, it is seven away from eight here on CNZ as you get for breakfast. Double eight double three is the temper bed post text machine. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just four dollars fifty to local night and day. It is tradies hour, and uh, this text through from Rob is he? We did kind of touch on it earlier, but probably deserves a little bit of extra attention. Uh, don't know if you guys mentioned it yet, but what about the efforts of Damien Oliver? Last three race rides, three winners before retiring in his home state at Ascot, Perth. Even riding the winner of the race that was named after him. What a way to go out! Yeah, great way to go out. Damien Oliver, 35 years in the race game, will arguably go down as one of the greatest jockeys 
uh, of all time. And I think there's a movie made about him, The Cup, which I saw on Netflix the the other day. Uh, From the producers well, of I The Kick, was it? Or <laughs> I don't know, but it's a it's a it's a part of him anyway. But um, yeah, wait, great way to go out, and I'm sure would have got plenty of you paid. Yeah, at different times, he definitely would have. Keep your texts rolling through, double eight, double three. Want your Christmas movies as well. We've got a bunch there we'll get to shortly after the latest in news and sport with Araha. In the next hour, we'll catch up with our mate Paulie Mawadi and we'll also catch up with the man they call Hot Rod, Rod McSwain, former New Zealand MMA fighter, now trainer. We'll talk UFC 296 with him. Here's Araha with Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Kia ora, good morning and welcome into Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. It is four past eight on SENZ on your, your last week before Christmas. You got your shopping done yet? Got your shopping done yet? Nah. No? Uh, nah. <laughs> I like how oh, you said no and then thought about it and said no again. No, look, um, I've got an interesting dilemma at home. Mm. Very sport kids, they get... They we had Christmas yesterday... In our little neighbourhood, because we're we're shooting off. Mm. My wife and kids go to Gizzy on Tuesday. I'll follow them up on Friday, post the, sh- the show, so that we had our main Christmas here yesterday, where they can unwrap their their presents. I had a hell of a day out. Look, we're going to have a conversation about it um, post Rod Rod McSwain talking about uh, UFC. But I had to put together this Barbie dream house that came <laughs> in about. 4,000 bits, and it was a very frustrating morning trying to put that together for the kids, whereas Arlo just got a trade, uh, tracked, uh, a trailer for his gator, which was, you know, a couple of screws put it together. So boys' toys are a lot easier than girls' toys, I'll tell you that. Yes, I saw a video actually of you with that uh, kit set house all out in pieces and I went, glad that's you, not me. Uh, but we'll talk more about that later on. Uh, and a man who, who I know who has got a, a young family himself has probably faced similar uh, dilemmas is uh, the man they call Hot Rod, Rod McSwain. He joins us to talk UFC. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, good boys. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. You haven't had to put together a Barbie dream house at any point yet, have you? Uh, not just yet, mate. I've got, got a three-year-old sitting in the sitting in the lounge playing with um, some blocks and stuff, so we're safe on that front. Yeah, safe for now, mate. <laughs> safe for now, Rod. Um, uh, how, how much did you enjoy UFC 296 yesterday? It was, uh, it's one of the better cards of the year, I think. Man, there's been a few good cards, but um, yesterday was, was full on. A few surprises, bro, and a few pretty crazy knockouts, and no, it was just enjoyable all around. My uh, my my highlight. I, we we have a thing here called simply the best, where we talk about our, uh, our 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 best moment of the weekend. My best moment of the weekend was Josh Emmett's knockout of Bryce Mitchell. Um, how scary was that shot? Far out, uh, southpaw, orthodox, bro. You always got to watch out um, with that right hand or left hand down the middle. So, um, and Josh Emmett, I guess you could kind of compare him to uh, Dan Henderson. He's got the H bomb. He's got that. He's got that right hand straight down the middle, bro. So far, that was pretty scary. I didn't. I thought. I thought um, the grappler would get him down and and deal with him to the ground, but man, he just couldn't do it, bro. When you when you look at the the card, Rod, do you think the results were right in the end? Uh, Pantoja getting up over Royval. You got Ramavon, uh, 
Rachmanov taking over Wonderboy Thompson. You had Pimblet take beating Tony Ferguson, and then you had the the battle of the night, Leon Edwards taking down the grub Kobe Covington. Yeah, yeah, there was a few up and comers, and then um, and they succeeded. Eh? They beat the older dogs. So Wonderboy and um, Rachmanov, that was man, that was a pretty good first round from from Wonderboy and Rachmanov. As soon as he got him to the ground, I thought. Wonderboy would be able to... He hasn't been submitted in the UFC, Wonderboy, so I thought, man, he, he might be able to fight through these submissions. He got out of the first choke, and then uh, he got back to his feet, and then second time, uh, Rachmanov put it on him and got him in that second round, and that, that's pretty incredible for, for a newcomer to come up and do that to Wonderboy. Uh, Woodley couldn't put him away. A few other guys, they could put him down, but they couldn't uh, submit him. Gilbert Burns... And um, even uh, Muhammad as well, but um, Rachmanov managed to put him away. So that's a that's a massive tick in the box for him, being able to deal with the stand up, put him on the ground, and ultimately put him away, which no one's been able to do. So that's a uh, watch out for that guy for a potential title contention in the future. Yeah, I thought Wonderboy probably submitted a little bit early. He only had like seven seconds to hold on till you get to the get to the bell and then, and then go again. Was was that lock pretty tight? You know, he had no way out? Man, I think uh, we heard the 10-second bell, and I think the squeeze was already on quite tight. And I, I'm, I'm like you. I was the same. I thought, oh, well, maybe he'll just go out and um, yeah. or just try and hold on to that to that last bell. I've, I did the same in, in a sparring session with uh, Dan Hangman Hooker. I had 10 seconds left. So I thought, ah, oh, bugger, I'm going to try and take him down. I took him down. He had a choke on. And I thought, ah, oh, surely I'll be able to hold on. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm waking up. Yeah, I'm, someone's, BJ Bland's trying to wake me up. Wake up, Rod, what happened? And I thought, oh, man, bugger, I've, I've, I've got first time I've ever been put to sleep. So um, I guess the, yeah. the squeeze is tight, bro. Rachmanov, he's got a hell of a squeeze. And I think Wonderboy was already holding on for five to ten seconds. And we generally, when we squeeze... We hold it for 10 seconds, and it, it only takes seven to put someone to sleep. So after that, um, you're either tapping or, or you're out. And okay. he, he, was taking a, he was taking a bit of punishment before then, so maybe it was just a way out for him, man. It was, didn't look too nice. Yeah, it didn't look too nice, and I thought, oh, okay, he's just giving in. But look, I've never been in that situation. If you're saying it takes seven seconds to go to sleep, well, he was pretty much near asleep because that grip was in, uh, locked in for, for a long time. Alexandra Puntoja uh, taking on Brandon Royval. You think stand-up Royval had the money but went to the ground, lost the, the ground and pound. Was there an opportunity to, to try and keep it on, his, on, on the feet? I think his takedown defense was, was lacking from Royval. Yeah, you're you're on the money. He um, if you can't defend one or two takedowns back to back, the the more flashy stand up guy, he, it's gonna he's gonna struggle all night. I think Pantoja was taking him down at will every round and just mm. holding him down for a good minute and then getting back up. And even Pantoja was landing the the bigger the bigger strikes. He wasn't landing as many, but he'd lead lead with that uh, right hand. He'd lead that body because it's orthodox versus southpaw. So whenever it's an open stance like that, we lead with the right hand, or we lead with the right kick, and that right kick was just was was money. And when he when he was under pressure, you just resort to the takedown and hold him down for a while and and win the round. I guess in that last that last round, Royval did really well, um, but it was just not enough pop in those shots. You know, nothing was hurting yeah. Pantoja. 
Yeah. And Pinto, Pinto just got a funny way. He looks like he's tired, but mm, he can yeah. still he can still explode. He looks like he's everyone says, oh, he's gassing, he's gassing. But he did that against Brandon, and um, man, he just you know I think his his IQ is just a lot higher than most of the roster at um at flyweight at the moment. He just he he'll take you down when you want to strike, and when you want to grapple, he'll he'll make you make you strike. So um, he, he's pretty good at the moment. Yeah. I mean, you've done quite a bit of work uh, with the CKB boys, mate. Do you, do, you, do you sit down and watch something like that and think, hmm, what does Kaikata France need to do to beat one of these guys? I mean, how just how far away do you think he is and what, what would you have learned from watching that? Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I was having a think about that yesterday. And um, see, the big thing with um, big thing with the boys, the element that, that CKB has that the others don't so much is is the game planning. So you got you got quite a few coaches. You got Mike Huge, you got Twist, you got Andre, and they, they watch a lot of tape of um, their opponents and they game plan to suit. So you think about Kai's uh, last fight against that um that Russian kid who kept trying to take him down and Kai just wouldn't give it to him. You know, and even and even his, his last fight where it was quite controversial, he sh- he probably should have won that fight and then he won gone that. through to a he definitely won that fight. So um so so Kai's right up there. And Kai's already fought um I think he's fought Pantoja at the in the Ultimate Fighter. And that was a tough fight. But this is Kai um without the C K B corner, without the right prep he was prepping in the Ultimate Fighter in the house. So um yeah, Pantoja's come a long way, but I think Kai has grown the most in that division. And um his fight against Brandon where he caught that it was a, he was winning the fight. And he caught that body yeah. kick, and yeah, fair enough, you know, he caught it. But um, if that didn't happen, Kai was ahead on the cards, and that would have been very interesting. So I think Kai's right up there with, with the top five, or he is in the top five, and he's, he's right up there with title contention. Well, hopefully we can see him have another crack, because I was watching that too, and man, those flyweights can move, and, and they've got endurance and, and ability to stay in the fight for the for the five rounds. Let's look at the main event. Leon Edwards taking on Colby Colvington. Do you reckon Colby Colvington was, was concussed? If he had any inkling, he thought he won that. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's a bit of a delusional. Who's the, who's, he reminds me of um, Charles Sonnen. So he's a... He's a it was a bit of an anticlimax for me because I'm a I'm mm. a fan of the the athlete. I'm a fan of Colby's fighting style. Move forward, pressure, talk rubbish, um, and just put that relentless pressure. And he's been, he's broken down so many guys with that. And he just couldn't get out of first gear was with he um, Leon Edwards. It's it's tough. See, Edwards came out orthodox. So um uh, what's his name? He wasn't prepared for that. You know, Colby was Colby was prepared Southpaw, Southpaw. This whole camp he would have trained for a Southpaw. Um, with Southpaw comes a different uh, different weapons, comes that body kick, comes that left hand down the pipe. But um he didn't he didn't face that in round one, two and three. Mm. And what he did face though was that relentless leg kick. Um, the teep the teep, the front kick down the middle. See what happens when someone fires a hard front kick down the middle, it really puts you off changing levels or, or entering for a takedown. Because you try and you switch levels, and they time the front kick. You eat it straight to the face. So, um, so Leon's corner definitely did their homework there. I think Colby could have taken a lot more risks. He was playing it a little bit too safe on the outside, and his leg was just getting chopped up. 
and by the time he did start moving forward in that fourth and fifth round, and I think he won the fifth round, it was just too late. We needed the fifth round Colby right in the first round because um, Leon did start to gas, but it was just too little too late, man. Yeah, the thing I thought about Colby was, uh, and, and as he touched on it before, was, you know, he, he came out and said some stuff about Leon's dad, obviously, that rocked Leon right up. And I think he felt like he might have crossed the line because when they did the face-off, he was saying, I was in character, I was in character. And he looked scared <laughs> of Leon Edwards. And that's what I thought happened when he got in the in the octagon. Do you, did you see that? Or, or, or are we imagining things? Yeah, I think... The thing with Colby is, in, in mixed martial arts, a lot of his opponents, they're, they're high-level strikers, they're high-level wrestlers, but no one really posed the knockout threat like Leon did. Um, Leon was dangerous. See, against, against uh, Jorge Masvidal, Colby only had to worry about hard punches and, you know, hard punches against Usman. Usman's got a really hard jab and good forward wrestling. None of those guys kick hard. See, he, he didn't eat any leg kicks from well, from Usman or, or George. Come up against Leon, man. Leon's a he's a he's a high level striker. He's right up there with with Israel. He's he's right up with the top guys. So um, he he really had to be cautious on the outside. And you eat a few kicks or you eat a few punches early on, man. You get gun shy. Eh? You, it, it really puts you off entering in until you until you eat a few and you. And you move forward and it's not so bad. And he needed to land some to give him the confidence to move forward. But he just wasn't landing on the outside. You're not going to win a fight on the outside against Leon. You're not going to win a fight on the outside against Israel. You need to move forward. But in order to move forward, you've got you to risk it. you got to risk, bro. You know? But if you don't <laughs> risk it, you lose a decision on the outside. And then, um, and then that was that. That was why it was a bit of an anticlimax for me. But, but credit to Leon. Far out. What a game plan. And... And he looked, he looked good in there. He didn't look at trouble at any time. And, and even, how about his takedowns, though? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was, uh, there was opportunities there when Colby was trying to take him down. He defended it uh, relatively well. He made a few mistakes in the, in the clinch and uh, tried to go for, for a few opportunities that nearly cost him in the end. But um, I want to talk to you about the partnership with the WWE, UFC. Uh, do you feel like this characterised entertainment, the marketing ploy, is all coming from the WWE background? I just, yeah, I just, I was just watching something this morning and with uh, Strickland and Duplessis in the, mm. in the crowd and people are suggesting that it could be a, be a ploy from the WWE. Um, I'm, yeah, uh, we all enjoyed WWF growing up. Um, I mm. guess as we get older, the UFC tends to provide that bit more of a realism and we do yeah. like a respectful and, and humble champion and, and then you got the likes of I don't know, you got the you got the heel, you got Chael, you got Colby and we don't mind a bit of that as well when mixed in with McGregor. I guess yeah. if we know if it's too obvious and we we know that they're actually trying to be in character and not be their genuine self, it just takes away a little bit. Um it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I'm kind of I'm on the fence with this because I I do like the respectful champion, your Khabib, your George St Pierre, mm. but mm. I, I do love the entertainment factor that Israel uh, Connor also bring to the um to the sport, which which just get um, gains more fans, whether they're casual fans, hater fans, or or fans of the sport. You know, that's all. It's all good. 
for the sport and ultimately for the athletes to just increase their pay because I'm all about that, man. I'm all about the athletes getting a bit more money, getting what they deserve, and even with Nganu and what he's done. You know, so um, I don't think you need the the ploy element that WWE mm. presents because some of these guys, their characters themselves. Yeah. It's an interesting, mate, because, yeah, we've definitely seen, uh, it feels like it's ramped up anyway, and we're seeing more of it. Uh, maybe they're just trying to sell fights harder. I don't know. Uh, but can you get your thoughts, too, on, on Wonderboy? Uh, he's 39 now. He lost that uh, that fight to uh, Rockmanov, uh, and, and Tony Ferguson didn't really fire too much against Paddy Pimlet. I, I see Dana White suggested that Tony Ferguson, he'd like to see Tony Ferguson retire now. What do you reckon? Those guys got much time left? You there, Rod? I, th- I, thought, I, felt, I thought I felt him drop out. Well, he might have dropped out. He might have lost him. Mm. might have lost him. But, yeah, I mean, that was interesting. When Dana White is uh, coming out, head of the UFC, and saying, oh, I'd like to see Tony Ferguson mm. retire, I think as a fighter, you've got to go, oh, okay. I mean, can you imagine what it would be like if, you know, you're playing day, Steve Hansen comes out and goes, you know, I'd really like to see Israel Dag retire after that performance. <laughs> <laughs> it's not well, something that would happen, right? He's just right between the eyes as Dana White. I think you you want honesty. And as an athlete, you want to continue on forever. But the reality is sport is ever-evolving and age is a number that always changes every single year. And it gets harder. You wish you could be able to do the things you do, could do as a young player, but you can't. Um, for Tony Ferguson, like he put it all out there. David Goggins in his corner, he trading the house down. He's up against a young guy, Paddy the Baddie, Pimblet. And he just, he looked a little off, a little bit slow. Uh, he didn't really offer too much. You could see the determination in his face and his eyes, but the reality is he was getting picked apart. And Paddy the Pimlet just took him to the ground, dominated the ground, and, and, and caught him with a few flush ones in the, in the first round. So, yeah, look, age is, is a factor. Dana White knows. And I'm sure these these fellas, these athletes, particularly in the fight game, they, they want to have a longevity for life. Post this, and when you continue to get punched in the head, that shortens that life expectancy. So you've got to make those decisions. Put your ego to the side, and I'm sure they will. And Dana White's probably just looking out for them, protection of, of their long longevity in life. Yeah, uh, yeah. so thanks to Rod McSwain. He just uh, texted me. Yeah, said, cheers, Rod. He said, sorry, bro, connection just dropped out. So, uh, yeah, appreciate you, bro. He was uh, awesome. Yeah, mate. Great chat. Yeah, great chat. He's, he knows the ins and the outs. He had, a, he had a pro career himself, and he works with the CKB boys training them. I tell you, if you want to go back and watch a fight from that uh, from the prelims, because sometimes they replay those, Irina Aldana versus Carol Rossa. Oh hell, I watched that. That was a bloodbath. That woman's been wiped those, out. This woman can slap, can't they? They Holy. can. That one fight of the night. That mm. fight. That was a great fight. And I tell you, Cody Garbrandt as well, knocking up Brian Kelleher. Be great to see yeah, Cody a- Garbrandt back. Yeah, that was good because I remember when. Uh, Kai Kata France knocked him out. Yeah. Absolutely demoted him. So Cody Garbrandt is back. He lost the last couple, and uh, he, he came back in, in pretty um, confident fashion. Yes. Confident fashion? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's, that's fair to say. Convincing yeah. fashion. And con- convincing yeah. fashion. Definitely convincing. Definitely mm. convincing. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse keeping you healthy this summer. It's 828 8833 is the Temper Bed Post Text Machine 0800 150 Wanted to hear about your favourite Christmas movies. You go through Christmas movie. Uh, and Izzy, you, you went with Home Alone. Uh, we've had a few for yeah. Jingle Bells, the Arnie movie, a um, few, mm-hmm. few others. Uh, a lot of people are saying this, though. We've got 
Marshy from the Hawke's Bay, Andy in Tauranga, and Scott from Titarangi all say it should be uh, a Billy Bob Thornton, I don't know if we can call it a classic, but certainly a Christmas movie. Check this out. You have all been chosen for the starring role as Santa Claus. Damn it! What do you want? What do you want? What are you doing? When it came to holiday spirit... The dude's here? It's Santa. I'm on my lunch break, okay? Willie's never had it. It's not real. Well, it was real. I got sick and all the hair fell out. How'd you get sick? I loved a woman that wasn't clean. Mrs. Santa? No, it was her sister. Oh, no. But he's gonna get it. It's Bad Santa, starring Billy Bob Thornton. Probably not one for the kids, though. (laughs) Definitely not. Definitely not. What age can we start airing these uh, these violent centres, bad centres, Grinch well, kind of situations for the kids? Well, bad centres not violent, uh, but probably sixteen, I reckon, mm, okay. for that one. For that one, because there's a few other things that in that in that movie that you probably wouldn't want anybody under sixteen to see. Uh, to well, be fair, well, I, I feel like your daughter Laria watches it all. No, she hasn't seen Bad Center. I wouldn't show her. I wouldn't show her Bad Center. <laughs> No, no, not at all. Violent Santa? Uh, Violent Night she watched, though, but she loved that. She loved Die Hard as well. So that, that, that that's all good. I mean, she does karate. She watches a UFC with me. I mean, come on. It's not going to be any different, is it? Let's be honest. You're the best dad. <laughs> oh, maybe I'm a bit soft. Maybe I'm too soft. I don't know. Double eight, double three, though. Your, your favourite Christmas movies. I mean, I, I mean, Home Alone is not exactly not violent, though, is it, is he? Uh, definitely not, and, and, it, and it encourages kids to, you know, to be independent. You know, well, I'm not saying leave your kid at home and see how they get on, but yeah. I'm saying like <laughs> a, a bit of independence, you like, you know, yeah. a bit of uh, self accountability, trying to figure out uh, situations that they've put themselves into. Yeah, I'm just thinking that that's what I am alone's all about, and I love how they're creative with, um, you know, some of the the toys at home. And the, the, the thinking. Oh, it's a great watch. It is a great watch. Actually, Ted has texted through. He said, morning, guys. Every year when Home Alone plays, the discussion in my house is always, oh. what does Kevin's dad do? Because he's got a house that big and he's taking all these people on overseas trips. What does he do? What does he do for oh, a job? I think he's a, I think he's a crypto trader. <laughs> <laughs> I think he trades crypto. Are you reckon? Uh, I don't know. I think he's in finance. Yeah. Whatever he is, he's got a credit card that's endless. Yeah. So, you know, we found that out. Um, And he's got cash. (laughs) So whatever he is, I think he's finance, bank manager, whatever. Yeah. Keep your text. Hedge fund. Hedge fund. Hedge fund manager. Keep your text rolling through. Double eight, double three. What is your go-to Christmas movie? Want to hear from you. Here's Araha with the latest news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue out now. 26 away from 9 o'clock here on SENZ and it's Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. We've got a Choices flooring poll as well. Design, visualise and create your perfect floor with room view. Here are the results for you. It was the, simply the best from the weekend. Uh, 33% going with Will Young's catch. 28% Opie Boston's 2000th uh, mm. New Zealand win. 19% Will Young's ton. 9% mm. Josh Emmett's one-punch KO, and then tied on four, the Breakers beating the Taipans and the White Ferns, one-wicket win against Pakistan. 
Well, there you go. And I think Will Young's coming up on uh, Louis and, and um, Daniel's show later on. So the man of the hour, the man of the moment, he is getting recorded right now because I can see his uh, number on the phone box there. So stay tuned. I think he's coming up. He is indeed. Discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's Room View. Paul Mawadi joins us now from the TAB. You can check out Grand Tour oh, Hub at oh, tab.co.nz. Bet safely R18. Oh, the fox. Chasing the fox. Matt, I saw you there in your white overalls with Carl doing something with Foxy. Now you can spill the beans. You are actually working. Yeah, that's exactly right, Izzy. Uh, got to carry the bag for uh, Foxy uh, down oh, yeah. a path five at Royal Auckland. Um, mm. We had a wee bit of a chat with him, and um, and then he had to go on and do his business. Um, and I can tell you what, he drove the green on the last hole that they played. I'm not yep. sure which hole it is. It's about a 270-metre path. Yeah, right in front of the clubhouse. I drove that too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> then he, then he <laughs> knocked in the eagle putt, so... Not not in his yeah, cart. Not in the cart, is he? I not in the cart. Par. No, I three putter for par, that one. That's all right. <laughs> How was it, mate? Was it a good, good outing? Look, look fun. You, you actually messaged me oh. and said the rugby boys did okay. Yeah, they did. They didn't do as well as the Warriors. Um, Sean Johnson, Arwen Gutenbeel and Wade Egan uh, were the uh, the best team on the day. Um, but, yeah, the All Blacks, they certainly know how to knock the ball down the fairway. Uh, don't worry about that. So, yeah, it was a, a great crowd, uh, a great day out there. And um, I think quite a bit of money was raised for I Am Hope. So, uh, all round, uh, just fantastic. Paulie, uh, there was six holes played, right? So uh, I noticed that after three of those holes, Foxy was at the bottom of the field. Um, at, yep. at which one of those holes was the one you were caddying on, just just so we know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I had no part in those six holes. We did a, we just did a warm up hole beforehand. So oh, I would have no effect whatsoever. Yeah, don't worry about that, boy. I know, but you're always looking for an angle, Ricardo. There's nothing <laughs> doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, you look good in those uh, the white overalls, uh, a la Masters outfit for the caddies there. So you look the part, and I saw the TAB signage around chasing the fox, mate. But there was plenty happening on the weekend. How'd the punters go, mate? Did, did plenty get paid with Dionysus and moved to strike? Yeah, well, uh, it was a it was a day of milestones, really, wasn't it? On Saturday mm. with Opie Bosson picking up his two thousand. Uh, New Zealand win. Didn't have to wait long either. Race one at Tarapa uh, on that two-year-old move to strike. Uh, and then, of course, he picked up the group two, uh, Cal Isuzu aboard Campionessa. Um, so mm. a pretty good day for Opie Bosson, and congratulations to him. That's a super achievement. And then across the ditch, uh, later on in the evening, uh, Damien Oliver had somewhat of a, yeah. a Hollywood farewell where he rode the last three winners on the card including his race, uh, the Gold Rush. Um, so, And if you follow the TAB and, and uh, the videos that we put up, you'll notice that um, one of the videos that was put up last week was on his very ride in the uh, Gold Rush on Munamek, uh, which, uh, which went, uh, won at around, I think, around the 6 or $7 mark. So uh, if you follow Damien Oliver... Uh, There'll be a Hollywood movie coming out in the <laughs> next three or four years. Won't be ride like a boy. 
be, be something like that, Paulie. Uh, just uh, uh, I wanted to talk to you a bit about the NFL as well, mate. At the moment, the uh, the Chiefs are struggling. It's a bit of an arm wrestle against the Pats. They're up fourteen ten in the in the third quarter there. But Bill Belichick rolling back the years uh, and making it difficult for the Chiefs. But also wanted to talk to you about. Uh, the Raiders on Friday, mate, 63 points. I don't think we'll score another touchdown this season. We've used them all up. I, I've i uh, just checked the score during the day, and I thought it was a final score. I thought it said 40-something or 30-something nil, and I thought, oh, that's the final score. That was half time, I think it was. <laughs> um, it was ridiculous, and I see that the Chargers uh, have uh, made some uh, changes straight after which they had to do. Uh, that was just an embarrassment. Um, I thought you Raiders fans were doing it tough. Boy, oh boy. Um, your divisional rivals really are struggling at the moment. So, yeah, obviously changes had to be made, and they have been. So you coaching staff in, uh, even if it's in the interim, and I'll be looking for a new head coach come the new season. Yep, they will be, mate. What about today? Anything exciting you today from the NFL? Uh, well, as you say, yeah, the Chiefs struggling slightly. There's still a dollar five head to head at the moment to beat the Patriots, who are eight dollars. Um, but they haven't looked the best, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, the last few weeks. And although they do hold a lead over the Patriots, you'd expect them to put these guys to bed uh, a lot earlier than they have done. Uh, Patriots, the longer they stay in this game, uh, it'll just give them just a wee bit more confidence to go on and maybe upset the Chiefs. So a big, big game for Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, hopefully they can continue on, because I noticed before kickoff, a number of multis did feature the Chiefs head-to-head to win that game against the Patriots. Yeah, mate, it's, uh, it's I think, going to be uh, interesting to see what Mahomes and crew do, because they just got, uh, him and Andy Reid between them, just got fined 150000 for criticising the officials mm. after the last game as well. Yeah, I can sort of understand that. Um, I think in terms of the... I think it was an offside. Um, bro, just have a look where the ball is and, put, and step back from the ball slightly. Um, I, I don't think it's too hard. So um, it, it's a niggly call, uh, and I can understand why they were upset, but look at yourselves first, I think. Um, and you just sort yourself out on that offensive line. Have a look today. One day international New Zealand women up against the Pakistan women. Dollar uh, twenty three on the uh, New Zealand women. Pakistan three dollars and eighty five cents. Of course, that was a very very tight finish. Oh, we lost Paulie. Was he gone? Surely oh. not. Ah, I think we might have lost him. I don't know what's going on with Paulie. There you go. Check that out all. Check That's out good. A, He's rambling on. <laughs> check out all the odds, <laughs> promos, and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R eighteen. It's Brian, bro. Brian, get off the phones. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody Brian. Jeez. Uh, yeah, Brian will be in with uh, McCarty and Louis shortly. Uh, double eight, double three, though. I want to hear from you. Christmas movie recommendations. We're going to get Robbie's after this. 13 away from nine, double eight, double three, the Temper Bedpost text machine. Uh, that's how you can get hold of us. Uh, text coming through on your favourite Christmas movies. Uh, thanks for Scotty and Christchurch suggesting Top Gun. Um, I'm. <laughs> It might be a good movie. I just don't think it's particularly a Christmas movie. Um, uh, but there, there you go. Each oh, their you own. Can, look, you can make it. You can make it. 
You could make it a Christmas movie because I feel like there's a bit of that going on today. Really? You're making you're making heavy metal uh, a Christmas carol. Uh, you know you. <laughs> well, mate, actually, <laughs> you know, I could. You just I think could. It, what do you think it is? Yeah, <laughs> a few years ago, is you, you, you know you know who Megadeth are, right? You know who Megadeth are. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the singer from uh, Megadeth did a version of. Uh, uh, running through the snow, or whatever it's called, dashing through the snow. Uh, but uh, heavy metal, he called it thrashing through the snow. So maybe we can okay. peel that one out tomorrow for you. Yeah, <laughs> look, I, I want to set you a, a wee task, uh, mm. being the fellow lead singer. Mm. I reckon you should script up a nice Christmas carol for Friday because I've got something coming for Friday. Okay, All and right. I feel like you should do one as well for a little, a little heavy metal kind of okay. Christmas carol. All right, I'll see, I'll see what I can work on. See what I can work on now, Robbie. Uh, bit of homework for you. Bit of homework. <laughs> Robbie, if, if we've been talking Christmas movies. Die Hard's got lots of love. There's a bit of love for Jingle Bells and Elf. Uh, Home Alone, of course, as well. Nobody's agreed with me on Violent Night yet. I just think that's probably because oh, haven't seen it. Uh, but, Robbie, what, what about you? What have you got, mate? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a bit of a classic. Got uh, a couple of mentions on the text machine, but uh, for me there's only one you, you can't go past. Hello. Lovely, lovely to see you all. Love, 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 love. Lovely. Lovely, yes. Love, love, love. Hi, hello, darling. No, no, I'm not busy. No, far away. Love, 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 love. Jeez, you're cute. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go get the shit kicked out of us by love. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Doesn't really do much that trailer, but uh, yeah, <laughs> bunch, bunch, of, bunch of love, I guess. The movie, no. is, movie is love, actually. Oh, love, actually. Love, actually. Love and it's it's Jeez, a it's a classic, cute. classic American Christmas. Nice uh, snow, except it's English. Well, the Northern Hemisphere Christmas. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Um, well, it's no, a, he's, he's the president movie, of the Robbie. United States, isn't he? No, he's the Prime Minister of England. Oh, damn. Okay, I've got that wrong. Anyway. Um, hey, it's a, it's a great movie, Rob, um, but the reality is you've, you you tend to watch that with someone. Now, yeah. You're not tell, are, you, are you watching that with a certain someone, Rob? Uh, no. Sadly not. Well, I made it my, my, my task when uh, Joe Bell was on here, and I pretty much gave him... No chance. I, I helped him absolutely zero. He helped himself, but we got him. We got him someone to watch it with. Oh. I feel like that's what we need to do going into twenty twenty four. Our goal is to get Robbie a certain someone right. to watch Love Actually with. Okay. All right. Well, okay. good luck, Rob. Rob. <laughs> Rob Doggan. Rob Doggan. Oh, double no. eight, double three. Me, that was that was uh, was Love Actually. That was the one that Shane Bond said as well, wasn't it? Yep. He mentioned yeah. it. Yeah. 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 It's a it's a good movie. There's there's another one as well um, with the the young kids that uh, that that oh, I can't remember the name of it, but my wife always watches it. It's a great little feel good. Is, is that love actually? With the kids that play in the band, and then he chases her to the airport, yeah. and goes and gets yeah, her before she shoots off. Yeah, that's love actually, isn't it? Yeah, it's a goodie. It's a goodie. It's a good movie. Right. Have you ever experienced a uh, well Northern Hemisphere Christmas? I suppose because you know in New Zealand at Christmas is very nah. it's not the classic that you you see in the in the movies and TV shows. You know we don't get the snow. Uh, yeah, I got I got told yesterday that one day we're going to go and and experience a white Christmas over in the north somewhere. So I've never experienced it. I think it's quite unique um, and something that I'd love to do in the in the future.
Yeah, yeah. I had one in 2013. Went over to visit family in uh, in Wisconsin. Oh, and, yes. Uh, yeah, got... How are the Dharmas? Okay, right. <laughs> walked right, walked right <laughs> into that one. Um, yeah, snowstorms and, you know, yeah, nice yeah. white Christmas. So, so that was cool, nice. It, it was very like cold. Snowman. Very cold, as you would expect. Um, but, yeah, a good thing to experience at least once for sure. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Interesting, yeah. The, the old white Christmas. Yeah, it is. So you reckon Home Alone got the, got the vote today? I think Home Alone was the winner. I think Home Alone was the winner, is he? Home Alone was mm. the winner. Yeah, yeah. Violent Night didn't make make the top five, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. Yeah, you, you don't know what you're missing out on. Uh, it is eight away from nine. We'll find out what Dan McCarty's favourite is next. Three minutes away from nine on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Daniel McCarty in for Smithy. Uh, g'day, Daniel. How are you doing this morning? Uh, very good, uh, Rick Dog. Very good. Could have been even better, but you tight so-and-sos. Manchester United divi- d- d- denied me a goal. Yes, me. Not my Liverpool. Me denied me a goal. Where's the Christmas spirit? <laughs> oh, but there's gonna be there's gonna be lots of talk about this, Daniel. I don't know how much of the game you actually got to watch, given you were prepping for a show. I was kind of a bit in and out, in and out, in and out. Yeah, very little. Uh, but Diego <laughs> Dello got sent off late in the game for two yellow cards for protesting a referee's decision. I gave a, uh, a throw in to uh, to Liverpool, which clearly came off Mo Salah, and he protested twice and got two yellow cards and got sent off. Uh, Seemed a bit, seemed a little bit harsh, given that the first half, Darwin Nunez elbowed Johnny Evans in the chest, and then sarcastically clapped the referee after being carded and kicked the ball away and didn't get a second yellow. Certainly, lots of chat about that online at the moment. Yeah, God forbid we'd have consistency. I, I did, I didn't uh, see the uh, the Darwin Nunez uh, incident, but if you're painting the accurate picture there, it's a pretty compelling case, right? And, and the Dallow incident, I was listening to the Talksport crew on on the SEN app on the way in, and they uh, described it for, uh, what, dissent and not allowing um, the throw-in to be, or the free kick to be taken quickly or whatever. So um, it was an, they were a bit baffled by it all, but, yeah, such is life. I, mate, who's going to win the EPL? Seriously, I'm so confused. I'm so confused. I'm not sold on Liverpool. I'm not sold on Arsenal. I can't be sold on Man City of what I've seen in recent times. I, I, it hasn't been this wide open in a long, long time, mainly due to City's dominance, which is great, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously it's going to be Manchester United, Daniel. Uh, 13 out, thirteen unavailable for <laughs> suspension or injury today. So once we get all them back, we're fine. Uh, no, I, I actually think... Um, Aston Villa. Aston Villa. <laughs> oh, villains. how good would that be? Go on. <laughs> uh, I think there's, 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 there's a key thing you're missing, though, Daniel, and it's, it's not just the... Hello, what? What's going on? Uh, it's not just the. Uh, it's not just that you know Erling Haaland uh, uh, is missing, but there's a guy called Kevin De Bruyne who they're going to get back in February, yeah. who will be like exactly. a new signing, shall we say? Yeah, like, and signing the best player in the league. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good point. Hey, we'll touch on that with Paul Eiffel on the show. We have got Will Young, you know, Mister Understated, another uh, one day mm. hundred. He likes scoring runs in New Zealand for sure. Uh, we've got plenty on the show, and we hope uh, plenty from our listeners as well. Have a great day, fellas.